everybody. What's going on? We are live. Ethan is messing with his microphone. Don't mind me. Uh, I am. I am as as listed on here. I am Stompy at FF Stompy. I'm here with James Catullus at James the Brain and Ethan Turner, our resident doctor at E Turner FF underscore PT. Who looks ridiculous? Um, we are here. We, we're, we decided to change things up a, a bit uh, as we start to enter the playoffs and the offseason. So we kind of want to cater to both those who aren't in the playoffs as and looking forward to the offseason and those who are in the playoffs. So what we have decided to do is do a standard our, our standard show on Tuesdays and then Thursdays, well, Wednesday, Thursday, we will do a live show to talk about all of the start sets, talk about the injuries um, to help you guys set your lineup. So uh, obviously we can't talk about the Cowboys and uh, Bears game, though Mitchell Trubisky has thrown an interception and that's uh, hurting me in the Scott Fishbowl. So that's not good. But um, – we can talk about the rest of these games, and I think what we're going to do for this format is we'll just go through each of the games, talk about some of the players that we like, dislike in these matchups, talk about some of the injuries with our, again, resident doctor, and hopefully he can give you some insight. Yeah, that would be James the Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's James. But I will stop talking because I've been talking too much. How is it going, guys? It's going fantastic. I, I – uh... I see, Ethan. You finally got uh, got that white taken care of on his microphone. So. Yeah, that's always irritated me. I think he's doing well. My whole life, uh, it's irritated me, and all I had to do was turn it, and that <laughs> that's pretty much how my life is. We make a Fixed. big deal out of a very small issue. Um, all Fair. right. I'm doing well. I'm incredibly busy. Um, my personal life has gotten much busier. Uh, I think most people know by now that I run my own PT clinic and we're getting ready to open a second PT clinic. So um, in the course of six months, I'm now in charge of two clinics. So we have been, and they're about 50 miles apart from each other. So I have been at both today and and our third clinic that I'm not in charge of. So it's been a busy day (laughs) today. So I'm kind of running all over the place, but killing it. I think we should have Ethan take care of injuries from now on. What do you guys? What do you think, Stomp? Yeah, I I think he probably might have more schooling in that, James. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, not a lot of guesswork from us, you know, like the Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, which we've been very wrong on this season. Uh, I don't think we're very good at this, so we'll let Ethan. <laughs> take that off. yeah smarts doesn't cross over in this no game. though mm-hmm. though ethan ethan kind of came into our group chat uh earlier this week after dalvin cook got uh the shoulder injury and kind of backhanded both john and james who were going at each other about injuries and it was really funny to me so <laughs> you know I, just one of those, I get fired up about stuff and sometimes you just gotta you know you just gotta <laughs> set everybody straight and yep. that's that's what happened. For those of you that obviously weren't in the conversation uh, with that, we're debating, uh, or, or they were debating whether or not Dalvin Cook should be considered injury prone. And James is very much in the yes. So, James, why don't you explain why you believe 
Dalvin Cook is injury prone. Well, despite the fact that he has lots of injuries. (laughs) (laughs) Your defense is he gets injured a lot. You can just quit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The injury prone label is thrown around a lot, right? But I believe you're prone. Horrible term. You're you're prone to have more injuries when it's, you know, when, and, and you can speak more on this, Ethan, but when it's a soft tissue thing, when it's something that is, 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 has been a problem, has been an injury that has happened more than once. And I think it's, uh, it, you're prone to re-injure it, right? So that to me is what injury prone means when I see somebody who suffers a third shoulder injury in six seasons, that, means that he's probably prone to more, right? I mean, I, I would think, I, unless it's like a huge fluke that he's had three shoulder injuries in the past six years, I would say that he is prone to injuring that shoulder, right? Uh, that I, To me, it's just pretty basic, but um, I don't know. Apparently, apparently it, it, you know, I, I, here's the thing is you said some good stuff in there that I do like, that I do agree with, um, especially on the, the – what makes a player injury prone or not injury prone? The problem I have with the term um, naturally when I see it in the fantasy community, it's part of the reason I got into talking about injuries uh, for fantasy was because I was so, I was so over hearing he gets hurt. So he must be injury prone. And that is just not the case. You can have, we've seen multiple players that get hurt often, miss a lot of games. Keenan Allen comes to mind there for a long time. Keenan Allen was the one of the poster boys for he is injury prone, injury prone, injury prone, injury prone. And the injuries he had didn't predispose him to future injuries. And I think that's where we're on the same page with Dalvin Cook. The shoulder injuries do raise a serious red flag for his future longevity, um, as do the multiple knee and hamstring injuries that he's had. All of these things can lead to further injury down the road. It increases his future injury risk. Uh, So that to me is what makes a player injury prone. And I think that you're on that pace. Um, But I, I had to lay the smack down when, when, when you just say a player's injury prone, you have to be a little bit more descriptive than that. Um, it, to me, it's a lazy term. A lot of times you'll hear it. People that don't know anything about injuries or injury risk or how a current injury plays into a future injury, they say, oh, well, he misses a bunch of games. He must be injury prone. And that's just, that's people that don't understand, uh, how these injuries work. Um, basically just labeling a guy that they don't, they don't really understand it. So, um, I appreciate that you you do have sound logic, and I agree with you. Um, I just get a little fired up when I hear, "Oh, well, this guy's injury prone because he gets hurt." That's not that's not really how it works. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Ethan Turner is on the podcast, and he is so popular in the community. His 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 football takes are middling at best, but he's easy there. <laughs> easy. I'm not just a doctor. You're a doctor. Uh, Hey, I have a winning record in fantasy. I made seven or nine playoffs. One of my teams is actively tanking, but has still scored the like fifth most points in the league, despite it actively tanking just from trades I've made. So I don't want to hear about it, okay? I don't want to hear about it. All right? I can play this fantasy game too. 
Uh, Scott Fish, I'm not a Scott Fishbowl champion. I went, I finished six, I went finished six and six this year. Yeah. Didn't make the playoffs. It was very devastating to me. Um, and I can, I have still have to hold out hope that one day I can also brag about that. Um, so I'm not a Scott Fishbowl champion, unlike some people that may be in the show right now. And I'm still in it. So. I mean, we could we could be in the presence of the only back-to-back champion possibly in the future. Sure I don't know that. if if Stompy's head could fit. I don't think on anybody the screen anymore. I don't think anybody could take my any. I don't think anybody could take my ego if that happened. Like he might be the number one most blocked fantasy analyst <laughs> if he wins it again, because it's just like, ah, oh, geez, here we go again. We'll never hear the end of that. Yeah, I mean that that transitions um, pretty well into how are you guys doing in terms of playoffs? Uh, Ethan's already said he's seven of nine. I have way too many leagues. Um, I think of, nine is too many. I'm cutting yeah. down next year. I I have nine. well into the twenties. Oh geez, oh, um, I wouldn't make any playoffs. And a lot of them, leagues. a lot of them are rebuilds so i didn't really want to put that out there for all, for all the fans to see oh yeah no i made like playoffs in like 60 percent because i have some like like ethan said some active tanking or some rebuilds going on that i took over um this year so uh yeah i i'm doing well in the ones that i care about most in my two big money leagues i'm in the playoffs in my home dynasty league i'm in the playoffs and my redraft uh, home league i'm in the playoffs scott fishbowl i'm still alive um so in the ones that i care about i'm doing fine uh james how are how are things going on your end i don't want to talk about it uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, i'm gonna lose followers it's been a it's been a rough year i'm gonna tell you that much um even the weeks that i thought i had dominant teams in i had one week with Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Stephon Diggs, Mark Andrews. I thought I was stacked. I am the sixth seed in the playoffs. Ooh. So it, it's been it's been rough. Um yeah, it's it's been a tough year for me. So I didn't I, I, I agreed with Addison. I'm also stomping well into the twenties and leagues. I, I was just too easy to go back and count how many I was in the playoffs and how many I wasn't. So I just um yeah, but I, I can tell you I, I missed the playoffs and more than I made the playoffs this year. That's how fantasy goes sometimes, man. I don't know. I I, I know for me, and especially in some of the season-long leagues I've joined, I tried something trying to stack Chiefs. Obviously, that didn't really work out for Ooh. me because of Damian and because of Patrick Mahomes' injuries. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes stuff just doesn't work out in fantasy, so – yeah, I took a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster early in drafts this year, expecting just astronomical amounts of volume and been getting hurt right at the beginning of the year um, in that offense, just not really looking the same without him. Uh, that that hurt me in a few spots. Still managed to make the playoffs, like I said, in seven out of nine. Um, there's a few teams that have done – pretty pretty darn well uh i i joined an idp league for the first time this year um and i got a first round buy in that league i actually won my division i think i'm 10 and 3 or 9 and 4 um which is i i felt like was good my, i'm trying to broaden my fantasy uh experience outside so i tried a lot of leagues that i've never tried before i'm in a tiered ppr league with a bunch of other analysts um i think that's the other thing that uh 
ultimately these stats don't, when you talk about, oh, well, I'm in 20 leagues and I made the playoffs and you hear, well, I made the playoffs in, you know, 90% of my leagues and I'm in 25 leagues. And I think, okay, but are, are you playing with people that actually play fantasy football as intensely as you do? Like, I feel like you have to, if you're, if you're not going up against normal competition, like the leagues that I'm in where I'm playing against nobodies, I mean, those are, I shouldn't say nobodies, but I'm playing against my friends, the people that aren't as interested as I am. I tend to do very, very well in those leagues. It's the ones where I'm playing against other people that know what they're doing and know and are on top of it as much as I am. Those are the leagues where I feel like I, I, I tend to go, you know, eight and six or, or, you know, nine and five. And, and those are the leagues that I'm more proud of to go, you know, to have a winning record in those leagues right. because I'm going against people that are pretty darn good at what they do. So, right. you know, Scott Fishbowl, same thing. I started six and two, but then injuries just absolutely derailed my season. So um, I couldn't get two more wins, which is what you need to get into the playoffs there. I, I, but again, you're playing with really good people. So if you miss out, um, you know, I drafted Brandon Cooks and OJ Howard in the fourth and fifth rounds like that right there. The fact that I was even 500 tells you that I made some good decisions throughout the year to even get to that because that would sink a lot of people. So, right. I, you know, I mean, I think that 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 those ultimately those numbers are cool to say, you know, I think I was at like 60, 60 percent win percentage this year in in leagues. But really, they don't it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's more about, you know, can you win championships? Can you can you make good weekly decisions? And and I don't think that your record in fantasy necessarily dictates how good you are at actually being an analyst and talking about it. That's the truth. And and we can, can only control so much. I've always I, I always make this comment that fantasy football is about twenty five percent skill, seventy five percent luck. So, I mean, you can't really do anything about injuries. Um, you can't do anything about how the coach views a player and how you view a player. So, yeah, just I think the the at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. It's a game within a game. Have fun. But that's enough about yeah. us. Uh, we've been talking about 15 minutes about us, and that's enough of that. Um, so let's move into uh, our week 14 uh games here first we have a question in the chat from richard lopez um he need oh well, he actually has a couple uh, questions so he needs to start to obviously super flex super show duh uh, if you're not playing super flex, flex you're doing it wrong uh ryan wentz and Brissett. he needs to start to um james why don't you go ahead start first yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I look to the matchups here. Matt Ryan's got a nice one against Carolina. Um, that defense hasn't been great, especially against against the pass and against opposing quarterbacks. And same thing with Wentz. I mean, Wentz is going against the Giants. That's a game that, uh, that you know, honestly, the Eagles are going to need to win, no matter what Dallas does. If they want to be in this in this conversation after getting embarrassed against Miami, they got to win this game. And uh, Carson Wentz has been putting up numbers, even when they've been losing. So uh, I think Ryan and Wentz is where I would lean here. Brissett hasn't looked the same to me since he came back from his injury. So um, I'm going to fade him here, and I think I would go Ryan and Wentz. Would you guys do the same? or? I think so, too. Um, I know for sure, Ryan, because like you said, the, it's, a, it's a decent matchup uh, with Carolina there. Um, Wentz has kind of been underperforming this season, I suppose. Um, 
but the Giants have a horrendous secondary. So, I mean, this that's definitely going to be a good matchup for wins this week. So, yeah, I definitely agree there. Go with go with the bird teams. Man, this one's tough. I, I actually like Brissett against Tampa Bay quite a bit. So, uh, you know, that one that one's a little tough for me. I would say definitely Ryan. Um, I think that I think that even when the that team's losing, uh, he tends to put up numbers just because they they don't seem to have a running game this year, which I don't think anyone really uh, expected. Their running game has been pretty atrocious. So, um, I, you know, I expect Ryan. I expect Julio Jones to return this week. Um, this is a team that really kind of wants to at least compete at, towards the end of the year. Uh, they haven't looked good at all. You, we, we thought coming into the year that Matt Ryan was going to just like light the world on fire. I think he played like 95% of his games in domes this to start this year. So the fact that he's not been, that team isn't really performing as well is really a testament. Um, I do think that this indie game with Tampa Bay could become a shootout, um, which gives me a little bit, it leans me Brissett a little bit over Wentz. Um, Again, Brissett hasn't doesn't have the same type of neither of these guys really, I don't think, have a good offense around them. I don't really particularly like um any of the wide receiver course for either one. I don't think TY Hilton is gonna come back this week. At least it doesn't look that way um as of right now. So I would lean Brissett a little bit, um, but I think Definitely Ryan, and then if everybody else is going wins, I don't think you can go wrong with that as well. So I agree in terms of the matchup uh, with Brissett. However, Brissett has been extremely underwhelming um, of late. He has yet to, or over the past, I guess, four uh, full games he played, he got injured in that Pittsburgh game. Mm -hmm. He has not produced a 20 fantasy point day. Um, he's thrown under 150 yards in two of those games. <laughs> and like, I just, while it's a great matchup, I just can't trust him. And I would rather, because Matt Ryan is, I mean, they're throwing the ball a ton, like you mentioned. And I just, I can't trust Brissett over Ryan. I wouldn't put Brissett over. I think you definitely I, have or, to Sorry, I, I meant You're over talking about Wentz. I meant over Wentz because of that yeah. matchup. Because, I, I mean, that matchup, while not as good, is still an extremely good matchup against New York. Yeah. I mean, I think if the safe, the safe play is definitely Ryan and Wentz uh, based on the, the last four weeks for sure. Right. I think it'll be interesting to monitor too. And Ethan, maybe you can talk to this a little bit more is Marlon Mack. Um, you know, is he going to play? Because if he does, you know, that, that could mean, you know, less pass attempts for Brissett against that defense uh, uh, against Tampa Bay. Um, and I'm not sure because I know, you know, Jonathan Williams and Naheem Hines have, have stepped in and done well, but it seems like the running game has kind of stepped forward in that uh, for the, for the Colts as of late and, uh, and Brissett's numbers have suffered because of it. So um, I kind of wonder what, uh, what we can expect from um, from Marlon Mack if, if, if he's going to play or not. I, I do expect him to play. He's been dealing with a hand issue. Um, he has practiced in full the last two days, so um, I would expect Marlon Mack to play and to return this week. Um, I think he's also going to get back Paris Campbell. Uh, while, not, while still a rookie, I don't think you can expect a ton from him. Um, he has shown to, to at least be effective in space when he's on the field, um, not – 
not again, not T.Y. Hilton. I don't expect T.Y. Hilton to be back this week. So he's still going to be without his best weapon, uh, Brissette is. But getting Marlon Mack back, getting Paris Campbell, um, Pascal has looked good. Uh, Jack Doyle, you know, uh, with with uh, Eric Ebron on IR, you know, we've seen Doyle get a little bit of work here in the last couple of weeks. You know, it's not a horrible – the Tampa Bay's defense is, is, is not as good um, as – it's good matchup for both. So I don't think you can go wrong with any of the three. I would go Ryan and then basically whichever one you like over Wentz, Wentz versus um, Brissett there. I do like what you said about the giants, like the giants again, it's the good news is, is you got three guys that have pretty good matchups this week. So um, I don't really feel like, I don't think quarterback is going to be the position that costs you the week. If you end up, uh, yeah. you end up laying a dud. All right. And, uh, Richard also had one more question for us. OBJ Woods, Alshon, and Kirk, and he can only play one. Christian Kirk, that is. Um, we'll start with Ethan this time. I have a hard time not starting OBJ. Um, I, the only guy that makes me – I think Woods is the safest play of the four hmm. for me. Um, I just think that – I think we're going to see a lot of Woods – he was the best. He looked like he looks like the most consistent wide receiver on that team. Brandon Cook says disappeared. Uh, Cooper Cup, despite starting the year super hot, has gone complete reverse of what I expected Cooper Cup season to go. I thought coming off the ACL, he would start slow and then finish hot, and he started hot and now is finishing slow. I almost wonder if something's not uh, not bothering him um, either in that knee or. You know, he's got some other type of injury that we just don't know about. Um, so I think Alshon is more touchdown dependent. Kirk could be kind of a wild card if you really need a huge game. You know, Kirk has shown that he can do that every now and again. But I would say that it would either be Woods or OBJ. OBJ is going to be it, – it's tough not to start your stud. But I know that I know that John Hogue is probably like, oh, geez, I hate that term. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think – I think I would probably go Woods just a little bit over OBJ and then Kirk and then Alshon. What do you think, James? Uh, I'm going to be totally opposite of Ethan here for the most part. Okay. Uh, James and I are no longer I, friends. <laughs> I, I know I, I, OBJ does have a pretty decent matchup against Cincinnati. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Cleveland uh, does, but I, I mean, he just, he hasn't been the same. He just hasn't, hasn't been the guy that you drafted him to be. So it's, at this point of the year, I think I would probably lean Alshon. I mean, he had a really nice game coming back last week. He really did. And if I'm going to say that Carson Wentz is going to put up numbers against a weak Giants secondary, he's probably going to do it with Alshon Jeffrey being his number one. Last week, with Alshon coming back, I mean, he really looked like he was healthy. He looked the part. He put up good numbers. And I would expect him to be able to do the same against the Giants. Look, at, Wentz doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. It's Miles Sanders, a couple tight ends, and nothing on the outside, outside of Alshon, um, unless you want to count Nelson Aguilar dropping balls. Um, you know, they, they just don't really have a lot of depth out there. So I think Elshon's going to have to be a big part of that game plan against the Giants who can't stop anybody. Not only would I expect a touchdown, but I would also expect a lot of yards too. So I, I think I would wean Elshon here, to be honest. I agree with James. That, again, that matchup, that secondary matchup is pretty good uh, for Philadelphia, for Alshon. Um, in each of the last four games for the Giants, uh, 
sorry, five games, they they have allowed at least or double digit fantasy points to at least two wide receivers. In in week eight, they allowed three wide receivers to get double digit fantasy points. So, and and we're ta- we're not just talking about like slot receivers here either. Devontae Adams had two touchdowns last week. Um, Allen Robinson had twenty five point one fantasy points over hundred yards and a touchdown. Uh, Amari Cooper, 80 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Galladay, 123 yards and two touchdowns. We're talking about those big outside receivers as well. So I like Alshon this week over all of those guys. But I agree, if if not Alshon, it's Woods for me. Uh, I just – I don't trust Baker and Cleveland. I mean, they play Cincinnati, but Cincinnati has actually not given up fantasy points to wide receivers this season. They are near the bottom of the league in terms of – uh, fantasy points given up to wide receivers so they more give up fantasy points to guys like t- or tight ends so um and 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 running backs so i mean demetrius harris might be an option but definitely hunt and chubb this week for cleveland um and i would not expect huge games from jarvis landry or um obj this week i mean what's your opinion i guess we're basing alshon i mean just looking through his his stats this year, I mean, before he played Miami, who's the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league, you know, he had 16 targets, nine receptions, 137 yards, and a touchdown. That was in week 13. Before that, he hadn't eclipsed 76 yards, looks like his high for the season, and that was on 12 targets and 10 receptions. So he's not being used down the field the way that he he – in previous years has been i i just i feel like that's a risky play i mean i know the matchup is prime i just feel like man you know that was even without zach Ertz. and so if Ertz comes back um you know i just i just feel like that's kind of a risky play for me at, at this stage in the fantasy year my personal okay. opinion and that's fair. I, I'll, I mean, just looking at the schedule and, and the games he has played, Philly's had a rough schedule this season in terms of secondaries. I mean, Washington before they kind of fell apart. Well, I guess they, they were fine, but he had a touchdown. And then, and then he played uh, green Bay who at the start of the season were shutting down everybody. Um, Dow and then the last four games or uh, uh, three, the last three games before Miami, Dallas, Buffalo, Chicago. So it's not like he's had good matchups. I mean, he produced all right against Buffalo. I mean, he caught four for 36 against Chicago. Against Dallas, he only caught two for 38. But those are teams that shut down wide receivers. Um, And I don't think Alshon is a guy that, like, very – I mean, he's very much not matchup proof. Um, But when he has faced a a bad secondary, like I said, Washington – um, Minnesota, Miami, he has put up numbers. Um, even New York, he caught six for 52, so he still had a double-digit fantasy game there. So when he has a decent matchup, he gets targeted and he puts up fantasy points. Yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can see the argument for all of these guys. My personal opinion is you go with the safest guy, which is Woods. Um, and he didn't specify if this was PPR or not. I think that would yeah. that would make it that would change things as well. In a standard league, you know, I think that I would probably I would probably put Alshon a little bit higher, um, at least over OBJ, because I feel like Alshon has a better chance at a touchdown um, than OBJ does on a week to week basis, just because he gets used in the red zone. 
All right. Um, hopefully Richard got the answers he needed from us there. So let's talk about some of these games this week. We, we already talked about Matt Ryan a little bit in his matchup, but first game we'll talk about here is the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons. Um, two relatively poor defenses here. The over-under is 48 and a half. Um, is there really anybody that you are afraid of playing in this matchup? I tell you a guy who I like, but um, I'm always concerned with, at least this year, just because it's been kind of a roller coaster type season, and and that's that's Devonta Freeman. And I know that uh, Stompy, you were you were big on Devonta Freeman coming into the year, and uh, you know this is a matchup that he can exploit. He could have a huge game here, but the problem is that it's really hard to trust Atlanta to continue running the ball. It's hard to trust that offensive line. It's hard to trust that uh, that he's going to put up the numbers that you would want him to in this kind of matchup. So uh, tell me kind of how, how do you feel, Stompy, and how do you feel, Ethan, about Devonta Freeman in this one? So I'll, I guess I'll start in that I love it. Um, you know, Devontae Freeman started off the first couple of games slow. He has not been – I mean, the Panthers and or, – or sorry, the Falcons in journal have not been able to run the ball. Um, I know I was pretty excited about the offensive line um, draft picks they made, but that – absolutely has not helped him um but he's been heavily involved in the passing game when he's healthy and and that's kind of one of the big reasons i really liked him going into the season was regardless of how you felt about him as a runner he is involved in the passing game and um so with that being said yeah i mean the the panthers have given up the third most fantasy points over the past five weeks, they give up a ton of points on the uh, or a ton of yards on the ground, but they're also giving up receptions. Um, they've allowed 21 receptions over the past uh, five weeks as well. And I expect Devontae Freeman to be leaned on kind of heavily here. I mean, yeah, Hooper's back. Uh, Julio should be back. Um, and, and I'll let Ethan talk about um, – all of the injuries on Atlanta here in a second, but I, I just, I like this matchup a lot because regardless again of how you feel about Freeman as a runner, he's still going to be heavily involved in that pass game. Yeah. I mean, just to update, uh, I do expect Julio Jones and Hooper to return this week. Uh, both are getting practices in um, both tend to be, trending towards playing so um obviously those are guys you kind of have to start um i'd be a little bit more concerned with julio uh just because his shoulder injury uh, again didn't kind of came out of nowhere uh i think they gave him a week off uh which i feel like he needed um just to try to keep him healthy you know he has a long history of, of foot injuries so a shoulder is something different you know um it, it that game being on a Thursday, I think, really impacted their decision to play Julio um, or sit Julio, that is. Um, as far as Hooper goes, you know, he's coming off an MCL. We'll see how effective he is. Um, I think that this is a team that, that can be exploited with the tight end and with the wide receiver and with the running back. I mean, this is this is a pretty prime matchup, so I'm not really afraid to start any of those dudes. Uh, Devontae Freeman, he is – He's so hit or miss. I mean, he, the fact that he's still involved with the pass game tells me that, you know, I, I'm not afraid to play him, especially in PPR formats. Um, but, man, it just seems like 
as soon as you need a big game out of him, he just that running game just hasn't shown up in the way I expected it to. So um, I, I would still probably be able to put him in as like an RB two or an RB three, but um, I think you can usually find a, a better matchup um, or at least a better uh, player to play as opposed to as opposed to Freeman if you've got the chance. Now, if you don't, you you should you should feel okay about playing Freeman this week. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think with that, like he just doesn't have the ceiling right now um, because I mean that offense, I don't understand how that offense hasn't been good this season, but I mean, it doesn't really make any sense outside of the one game where he got booted in LA. He's had six double digit fantasy games in their last eight or in his, in the last eight that he's played, obviously he was injured over two of those games or over two of those weeks. So he, he's just, he's so involved in the, in the receiving game that PPR he's, I think he's just very, very safe. Um, I, I don't think you can really expect RB one numbers, but I think RB two. Yeah, absolutely. Especially this week with this matchup. I can dig that. It's kind of a nice segue into a question that we got. Kyle Senrek here in the chat has asked us um, half point PPR, uh, start three, Devontae Freeman, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Mark Ingram. So basically got to bench one of those guys. Boy, it's a tough call. Um, what do you think, Stompy? We'll start with you. Uh, who, do you who would you bench out of these three? Or out of these four, rather? Oof. Um, I think Ingram's ha- Ingram has the worst matchup, I believe. Maybe not. Buffalo has been pretty bad against the run. Uh-huh. Um, I did. Uh, Man, it's hard. It's Ingram is hard to sit at this point with how yeah, well the offense yeah. has been playing. Uh-huh. I mean, and he has looked pretty dang good in basically every game this season. So, Even in the matchups that aren't ideal because Lamar Jackson has just given him uh, so many opportunities. That run game is just – it's opening everything up for everybody. Um, man, that's that's tough. Um, be tough to sit yeah, in. Yeah, it, it, it is tough. But when you look at the matchups here, Jacksonville over the last five weeks has given up the second most fantasy points per game to running backs. Obviously, we talked about Carolina with Devonta Freeman giving up the third most, and LA has given up the ninth most. Uh, the the Chargers and and Leonard Fournette is ninety seeing ninety percent of the touches in that backfield. So, I mean, it's between Ingram and Freeman for me. Ingram hasn't been heavily, very much involved in the passing game which is where my hesitation lies because Buffalo, that's where they kind of get hurt is through the air. Um, they've allowed, I believe the most, the second most, the third most receptions to running backs. But I mean, Mark Ingram, not heavily involved in the passing game whatsoever. I mean, it's more mostly tight ends and in Hollywood Brown there. So <sighs> It's between Freeman and um, it's between Freeman and Ingram for me. You well, probably think, you probably got to go with Freeman then. James, what do you think about? It? I I I am agreeing with Stompy. I don't think you can sit Fournette, especially with 
the amount of targets that he is seeing, um, especially in the last three weeks. I mean, seven targets, 12 targets, 11 targets. I mean, that is just there aren't very many running backs that are getting that much opportunity in the past game, let alone, you know, he's turning him into basically seven catches, nine catches, nine catches. I mean, there's just uh, Fournette to me, I feel like is kind of locked in at least at one of these spots. I mean, what do you think, James? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm not benching Fournette here. I it, to me, I, I agree with Stompy. It comes down to Mark Ingram or Devonta Freeman. Those are the two that I would consider, and I don't think you can go wrong. Really, either way. I mean, and any way you go, I think you're gonna, you know, kind of like you said earlier, Ethan, with the quarterbacks that we had. If you're gonna lose this matchup, I don't think it's gonna be because you're running backs because you've got four good options. Um, however. I think I would take the safer route, and I would probably take Mark Ingram. I think that running game is is a little safer. So I think I would keep him in, and I would probably pass on Devonta Freeman. Um, I would probably bench him. However, I wouldn't feel great about it because he has – I think he has the bigger boom um, of the two between Ingram and, and Freeman. I think uh, Freeman's involvement, like Stompy said, you know, in the passing game, that's going to hurt or that's going to help him. It's going to hurt Mark Ingram. However, I just feel like Mark Ingram has the, uh, you know, the, the, the safer floor, the higher floor. And, uh, and so I would probably go with that if I'm looking at my third running back spot. Um, so I think that's probably where I'd go, especially considering my other options. I feel like those guys are going to score points. I could go with that higher floor. So um, really an interesting question. This is a tough one, Kyle. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how you're uh, Kyle, how you're going to go here, who you're going to sit, because this is a, this is a really tough decision. Yeah, ultimately, I don't think he loses. I don't think he loses because of his running backs. Because I don't think you can go wrong with any one of these guys. Um, I I feel like me personally, I'm probably sitting Freeman. I'm going to go with the guys that have been producing all year. Um, but I could. I think that this is a week where you could see Freeman put up, you know, one of those big weeks, uh, especially in the past game. So, um, again, me, my personal belief is that I I, I tend to start the guys that. Um, I feel the most confident in getting me, you know, uh, consistent points. Um, I tend to base my, I win with consistency. So that's how I like to play fantasy. I don't like to uh, really waver as much on, you know, expecting, okay, well, let's plan for this to be a huge game, even if the matchup is prime. Um, I think that some people like to win that way, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think you can go wrong with any of these choices. I'm locking in Fournette. I'm locking in um, uh, Melvin Gordon, and I'm going to go Mark Ingram as my as my RB three, which I'm feeling really good about. I mean, honestly, if it's if it's my team, I'm like, this is this is a good. It's good. It's good. Good problem to have. Um. So on the other side of the ball, there uh, in Carolina or sorry, in Atlanta, uh, for Carolina. Obvious, obviously CMC, obviously DJ Moore. How do you guys feel about Curtis Samuel this week? Um, Atlanta has been that, – that secondary is terrible. Uh, but Curtis Samuel is very touchdown dependent. I mean, he's been very involved in the red zone, but he's very touchdown dependent at this point. Do you trust him uh, moving forward and or this week? 
I think it's tough to gauge what Carolina is going to do now that we have a head coaching change. That coaching staff is being kind of reshuffled and rearranged. It's hard to know what that offense is going to look like. It sounds like Kyle Allen is still going to be the guy. Um, we heard some personnel decisions might be uh, the reason why they wanted to, to kind of move on from Ron Rivera in season. Um, and, and that's interesting because you don't know how that's going to affect some of these guys, especially, you know, the, the, the depth chart and how that's going to look. So um, I would say proceed with caution. I, I like Curtis Samuel a lot. I think it's a good matchup. Um, I, I would expect him to score some pretty decent points. However, again, you know, it's really hard to know what to expect from this offense moving forward. So I guess I would approach it as if I have a better option or a similar option, I'm probably going to, to bench Samuel this week just because I'm not sure what to expect from him. I'm not sure what to expect from Carolina's offense. The only piece that I'm willing to bank on is, is Christian McCaffrey, to be honest. Um, other than that, you know, it's really hard to, to know. I, I like DJ Moore a lot. Um, you know, that's a guy that I would probably feel pretty comfortable to. Uh, but outside of those guys, I don't think there's a guy that I would feel great about, especially with, uh, and Ethan, maybe you could speak to this, with, Greg Olson and that concussion. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. Um, you know, that, that could affect Curtis Samuel's usage and target share as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect, uh, Olson still hasn't practiced yet this week, which is not a good sign on Thursday night with a concussion. It only gives him two days to really clear concussion protocol. Um, the interim coach actually came out and said that basically they're going to use a committee approach at tight end, which is not a good sign when you have a guy like Olsen who really doesn't deserve to be in a committee if he's playing. So um, I, I would not uh, expect Greg Olson to play this week. As far as uh, the Curtis Samuel question, which I, I, I don't know, I just have a hard time with Samuel uh, again. The coaching change means that we, I think we can trust certain aspects of this offense to be consistent. Um, your DJ Moore's, your Christian McCaffrey's are going to get theirs. Uh, you know, DJ Moore, he's only gone over 60 yards one, two, three, four times this year. He does have, you know, some touchdown upside one, two, three, four, five, five touchdowns on the year. So, you know, that's, that's pretty good. But uh, again, I, if, I think he's going to end up being what he has been this year, which is a wide receiver three option. Um, he's probably going to finish somewhere between number 30 and and 30 and 40 in terms of wide receiver rankings. Maybe he gets into that wide receiver, you know, low end wide receiver two. But I just I just feel like, man, that's that's tough to bank on unless you're starting a ton of guys um, at wide receiver in your league. I, I just don't see a, a way that I couldn't find you know, at least three guys that I like more than Samuel on most of my playoff teams. I, uh, in fact, now that I've been thinking about it and talking about it, I, I just switched Alan Lazard in for Curtis Samuel. So yeah, it's, it's kind of rough. I mean, it's, it's a good matchup, but it's just, like you said, there's a lot of unknowns. Kyle Allen's still an unknown as well. So uh, if there's a better matchup out there, I would probably be selecting some of those lesser wide receivers over um, Curtis Samuel this week. Um, another question in the chat here. Uh, we have uh, Larry Monkey. Thanks for listening, Larry. Um, Darius Geis or Benny Snell this week? Uh, the news from James Conner is that he he will probably not play again this week. Um, I'll let Ethan talk about that shoulder injury when we get to that game. But um, in the meantime, Darius Geis or Benny Snell this week? 
Darius Guy's coming off of that explosion of a game last week. Yeah, Guy's came off that explosion. The problem is that he did it on 10 carries, and, I mean, that's ultra-efficient. There's no way he can continue repeating that, right? And they, they kind of had a had a timeshare approach at running back. Adrian Peterson also, I think he went for just under 100 yards. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think you can expect that going forward, and that's that's kind of a problem if you're – if you're banking on that type of efficiency from guys, uh, you know, you're going to be disappointed more times than not. Whereas Benny Snell almost has the opposite problem. He's going to get 20 carries, but he's probably only going to get 80, 85 yards on it. He's not going to be as involved in the passing game either. So you worry a little bit kind of with both of them. I would wean Snell. Anytime I get a guy who's going to get more work, I'm going to, to wean that way. So that's the guy I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Snell here. Not, not to mention that, and and this is kind of something that we I mean talked about this last game the Panthers it was against the Panthers that um, they did that obviously a fantastic matchup not nearly the same matchup this week um, with Green Bay now they have not I mean Green Bay has not been good against running backs but it's a better or it's a worse matchup than they had last week and and, and I agree with James uh, that. It's a split backfield. You cannot trust that type, especially with Haskins back there where you can stack the box like that with their secondary. I would I would not expect that type of efficiency against Green Bay. So I, I'm going to lean Snell. I'm going to go with Snell as well. Um, we've seen in the last couple of games without James Conner, Benny Snell has gotten a large majority of the carries back there, and I would rather have the volume uh, – the volume this week um, than the upside. Yeah. Connor did get ruled out already for this week. Um, so the volume is going to be there for snow. Uh, I feel like the matchup is a little bit better. Arizona um, is not, not a bad defense, but again, not a good defense by any stretch. The team, the team isn't winning. So they're obviously not stopping people from scoring. Um, I would go Benny Snell. I am a guy's truther. This one's tough for me because I'm a Steelers fan. And I'm also a big guys guy. I really do like, I liked him coming into the league. Um, I think he was, he was either my RB2 or RB. I think I ended up with him as my RB3 after Chubman Barkley, um, but before Sony Michelle. So I have been a believer in guys for a long time. So um, to me, I think you got to go with the volume here. Um, Green Bay is, they're also not a good defense against the run. I mean, they're giving up over a hundred yards. Um, yeah, yeah, rushing yards a game. I think that you know they're they're bottom ten in the league as far as I know, um, and against the run, which isn't it, it's not a bad matchup. But again, if you're if you're only getting ten carries, you're basically hoping for that big run from guys. We've seen it now since he's returned. He's needed you know some big plays to basically make it where the, it is good to see that he's getting some 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 carries on on the goal line. So maybe guys has. Uh, you know, maybe we see that split getting closer to 60-40. I do think Geis has looked pretty good from what I've seen um, watching him play. Uh, but he's not going to get the volume that Benny Snell is. And I think that game script is going to have Snell uh, basically dominating touches in this game. So I'm going to go Snell, but, man, it's it's hard because I love Geis. I love what? me some Geis, man. And it's that, exciting to watch him play. And that matchup, I mean, is is very good, but it would be a lot better with a better quarterback <laughs> yeah Dwayne Haskins doesn't really serve much in terms of a threat this year so 
I mean, and and obviously the Green Bay Packers should be listening to me. And if you're hiring, I will I will come live in Green Bay. I'm sure my girlfriend, the Green Bay Packers fan, would love that. But they would be well advised to um what just happened? What? Well, my my computer did something weird. But they would be well advised <laughs> to sorry, they would be well advised to stack the box and make Dwayne Haskins beat them, which I don't think will happen or, or yeah, I mean, which won't happen and and they're going to stop the run. Um, Larry made a good point. You got to keep Rogers off the field, but when you're going to be getting two, three yards of carry, because you have eight men in the box, you're not going to keep them off the field. So um, yeah, I, I mean, that's where I'm at with that one. Um, we had another question here uh, from Kyle Sinra. Uh, do we do, we like Curtis Samuel more than Christian Kirk against Pittsburgh. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I just, yes, I think, um, Christian Kirk's been more involved, uh, as after he got healthy. Um, but, uh, Oh, now Stompy's glitching out a little bit. Maybe the computer is getting him. Yeah, while while we're waiting on Stompy to fix that uh, that issue, what do you think, Ethan? Where are you at as far as uh, as far as this goes? Would you would you start Curtis Samuel over Christian Kirk? I probably wouldn't personally. Um, just my opinion again. I think I think Kirk is going to give you more upside. We've seen Kirk getting, uh, I, I think again, game script is going to have Arizona behind in this game. You know, when, when they're behind Kirk has been being fed targets. I mean, he's got 12 targets twice, 11 targets, 10 targets, nine targets. I mean, the volume is definitely there. Um, and we've seen him blow up in games this year, which, um, I think at this point in the fantasy season, if you're choosing between basically wide receiver threes, give me the one that I, I has the most upside to give you that huge game-winning week. You know, Christian Kirk has has a game where he had 138 yards and three touchdowns on the year. I mean, uh, I, I definitely feel like uh, Kirk is the better ceiling play for sure. Um, so I, I'd probably lean Kirk pretty hard. Um, Curtis Samuel has the better matchup of the two, but – I think game script is going to be in, in Kirk's favor. I will say that I, I saw a tweet uh, earlier today from Michelle. <laughs> I'm going to mess this up. Uh, Michelle M- Majuk. Um, I think, I think that's how you say it um, at ball blast. Um, and it, and it, they were looking at the top five cornerbacks um, and I'm I'm looking for it now, and I'm I'm not finding it. But oh, there it is. The there are 28 cornerbacks that have played 400 plus coverage snaps, top five fewest yards allowed. Uh, uh, Nelson for Pittsburgh, 314 yards, 81 yards yards after catch, one touchdown, and Joe Hayden, eight, 359 yards and 83 yards after catch, three touchdowns. So they have two basically co- uh, shut down cornerbacks this season. Um, so. Yeah, I mean that that's the big issue here for me. Um Pittsburgh has been extremely good especially since they got um Minka Fitzpatrick against uh wide receivers or against the pass. So uh, that's my hesitation here is Pittsburgh has been able to shut down wide receivers pretty well and 
they don't throw. I, I mean, I, I, I guess do you trust? Do you trust Kirk in that situation? Um, so it comes down to matchups for me, and I, I like the Atlanta matchup better. So I would lean Samuel here. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think there, there's definitely some question marks regarding Samuel just because we don't really know his role. But I, again, I, I do think that, you know, this is a good matchup for Carolina. If like, uh, you know, Ethan had t- told us, it sounds like Greg Olson's going to miss the game. Well, they're going to be hurting for pass catchers. And um, I, I lean a little bit more towards Samuel just because of the matchup. However, I do recognize, like Ethan said, you know, Kirk Kirk has the higher ceiling in my opinion. So if you're if you're looking for that guy, maybe if you're you're not favored in your matchup, um, maybe Kirk is the way to go because he can he could you know he has that higher ceiling. Um, but I think he also has a lower floor. I, I don't know that you can expect to get from him what you're going to get from Samuel um, in a conservative type type role type setting. Um, so if if you're looking for a safe, uh, I, I would go Curtis Samuel. If you're looking for upside, I think I'd go Kirk. Um, so I guess it just kind of depends on your matchup and what you're looking for. I think this is close enough that I would play it that way. <clears throat> Stompy, sorry. Uh, while you're uh, while you're figuring uh, out, yeah, ah, I'm there here. you go. Hi, I'm an idiot. Um, we got to get going here. We have talked about one game, so we got to and, and it, we've on been talking for almost an hour, so we need to start All flying right, through cool. these a little bit. Um, Baltimore Ravens at Buffalo Bills. Uh, over-under is 44 here. Probably going to be a relatively low scoring, I suppose. I mean, the the Bing or the the Ravens have scored the most fantasy points on the season, but this is going to be a tough matchup. Um, it's two two teams that rely heavily on the run game. Uh two running quarterbacks. Um so I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that we're starting um Ingram, for the most part, um, we, we, we've already discussed that. We're starting Lamar Jackson, very obviously. Uh, what do, how do we feel about the pass catchers there? Mark Andrews, uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd be hard-pressed to sit Mark Andrews unless you, you're really loaded at tight end. I, I, think, I think it's going to be a difficult to sit. I mean, you just – the, the touchdown upside, he's really looked upon in the red zone uh, greatly, and um, he gets a lot of the targets. And, and you know, a lot of the uh, the tight ends there in Baltimore are questionable. Nick Boyle is a guy who sees a lot of uh, a lot of time there on the field too, and he's questionable in this game. So I'm not sure if he's going to play. I could see Mark Andrews' share, uh, snap share going up, and I could see his target share being about the same as usual. He's just such a threat in the red zone that I I, I think you'd be hard pressed to sit him. Marquise Brown is interesting. I think uh, I, I really like his upside. However, I, I think it, I, I would probably be looking at a better option if I could. Um, obviously, again, this is another guy who has a high ceiling, though. You know, if you're looking for a boom guy, if you're looking for a guy that, hey, look, I'm the six seed, I'm going against a three seed, and I'm a 30-point dog, maybe that's the guy that you want to play because he has that upside of, you know, one one big 80-yard touchdown catch could make your day. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's it, they're both interesting plays this week. Um, I think I'd uh, avoid one, but Mark Andrews is a guy who I'd, I'd be comfortable putting in my uh, my lineup weekly. Yeah, I, I would agree with those. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I went to say something. I was going to pull a stompy and start talking into a muted mic. Um, I think Andrews, a- Andrews is a good start. 
Um, you know, this is this game could get ugly weather wise. Um, they're talking about maybe there's a about a 40 percent chance of rain. So that's what I was looking up right there. Um, so that that could play a factor for sure. And as far as passing stats go, um, I think it would benefit Baltimore more because I think they're a better running team um, just with Lamar Jackson, with Mark Ingram um, than it would Buffalo. But I think we could see a lot of guys on the ground right here. Um, or a lot of yards on the ground, not so much through the air. That's going to hurt a guy like Josh Allen, um, or maybe it will help him. I don't know. That big arm, he can kind of he, he's kind of built to to throw in Buffalo in those kind of not ideal conditions. So, um, I think must starts. You got to you got to start Lamar Jackson. There's just no doubt with me. Um, I think Mark Andrews is the same way. Um, I think. I think Ingram is a maybe, depending on matchup. Again, if we're talking as your RB3, yeah, go after it. RB2, go after it. If he's your RB1, um, you're probably going to have to start him, but um, you know, it, it, I wouldn't feel as comfortable. I don't expect him to finish as an RB1 this week. Um, as far as other guys in Buffalo, I think Singletary is worth a start. Um, and then outside of that, John Brown, Smokey Brown is, has played well, but um, we'll see if the conditions uh, – I, I think if if Lamar Jackson takes over this game like we've seen him do multiple times this year, Smokey Brown could have a big game just because they're playing catch-up. So I think he's a guy that I would feel comfortable starting as a wide receiver too. Um, but outside of that, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I, I don't think there's any guy on here that I'm definitely – in no scenario would you start. Um, I, I feel like the big players you could you could make a pretty good case for. Um, on the Buffalo side, Ethan already talked about Josh Allen already talked about many of the Buffalo guys. Um, I just, are we avoiding the wide receivers there? John Brown, who's been heavily involved, Cole Beasley, who's not been as, as heavily involved, but has been getting touchdowns. Um, the Ravens after, uh, trading for Marcus Peters, have been a lot better uh, against wide receivers um, over the past five weeks. Uh, they've allowed they're, they're middle of the pack in terms of allowing uh, fantasy points to wide receivers, um, not allowing gigantic games by any means. I mean, Mohamed Sanu had a had a relatively big game, Julian Edelman as well. But other than that, um, not too many huge games from the wide receivers. Um, against Baltimore. So are you starting John Brown? Is John Brown a must start at this juncture in, in the season? Yeah, I think he is. I, I think until he proves to you, you know, that, he, that he's not going to, going to get you, you know, the, the points that he has been, I mean, he's, what's it been? It's been like eight straight games where he's gotten 50 yards or something like that. I thought I saw, I mean, he, he has been just consistently good um, this season. So it, it's, it's, with that being said, it's it's hard to sit him. Cole Beasley is is hard to sit too. I think if I had to pick one to sit, it would be Beasley. Um, like you mentioned, Stompy, he he has touch touchdown upside, um, but I think John Brown has all around upside, and I think that's the order to him. They move him around a lot. They do a lot of different things and formations too that they can get him away from Peters. But um, I, I, man, I mean, this is a, a really tough call. I have a tough call with Devin Singletary too because Baltimore's been a whole lot better against the run as of late, and you know Devin Singletary's been good too. But boy, I, 
I don't know that I really feel all that comfortable starting him this week either. So it, it really is interesting. I expect this to be a fun game. Um, but I think John Brown and Josh Allen are guys that I'm, I'm comfortable starting. And Cole Beasley and Devin Singletary are kind of I, – I, those are yellow lights for me, guys. Those are guys that, man, if I have to start them, I'll start them and I'll feel okay about it. But I'm, I really don't feel great about it. Um, but I think John Brown and Josh Allen are green lights for me in this match. All right, fair enough. Um, moving on to our next matchup here, uh, Cincinnati Bengals at uh, Cleveland Browns, the battle of the two worst teams in the AFC North. Is that right, James? Record-wise, yes, that is correct. <laughs> Record-wise, that would be correct. Man, oh, man. That is the, the over-under here is 43, which that's a little rough, man. I mean, Cincinnati's defense has not been good, so that's kind of crazy. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this this is kind of a gross game. If I if I'm really thinking about it, this is kind of a gross game. Really, see, to me, I don't I don't feel like it is. I okay. So last week, Cincinnati started Andy Dalton, and they they kind of found their offense, right? I mean, I, I feel like they did. Nixon looked good. Boyd Boyd was there. Tate Tate put up numbers. Um, even Eifert kind of showed a little bit of life. So. To me, it's kind of like Cincinnati kind of has this offensive rebirth, and their defense isn't great, so I expect Cleveland to be able to score at least somewhat. So I, I think the over here is 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 screaming my name. So if I if I were a betting man, I'd like the over, which means I kind of like some of the fantasy uh, options here. I think we hit on a little bit earlier, Stompy. The running backs for Cleveland is really where you want to hit, um, and and I would kind of avoid the wide receivers. So um, I'm just going to say this right that right away. I agree with you there. I think if I'm if I'm banking on Cleveland, I'm banking on those running backs, Kareem Hunt and uh, um, and Nick Chubb, and I don't know that I'm doing much with the uh, the receivers or with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I think I agree with with you there. I mean. Unfortunately, Kareem Hunt does exist, so Chubb has not been involved with in, in the passing game. But Chubb, at this point, is matchup proof on the ground. He's just he's such a force rushing the ball that you cannot sit him ever. Um, not that this would be the time to sit him because uh, it, it, <laughs> Cleveland's defense Cleveland's defense has not been fantastic this season, um, but. I think one of their bigger weaknesses has been against the run, though they have been better of late. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's ever a hesitation with starting uh, Nick Chubb. Um, do you have any, I mean, Ethan, do you have any qualms with OB? I mean, we've talked about, we talked about OBJ earlier. Um, we didn't talk too much about Landry, but as I mentioned, Cincinnati has been sneakily one of the better uh, teams against wide receivers this season. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, this is tough for me because I feel like this could be a team that this could, could be a game that OBJ just balls out. Um, and this offense looks really, really good because the Bengals aren't, tremendously good um, but they have been deceptively and I here's the other thing I feel like the rumblings that we're hearing about OBJ wanting out something I think is they're not gelling he's not gelling with Baker Mayfield it's clear on the field production wise I think their personalities probably clash a little bit um, or a lot of bit <laughs> um, I think that I think that Mayfield is it's kind of kind of rubbing you know 
shoving him off to the side and, and going with Landry. And I think that that, I think we see more of that than we do of him going towards, towards Odell. Um, and, and I, I guess to me, I, I just don't, I haven't seen anything this year that would suggest that OBJ is going to have this huge game and we're, we're basing it off. I'm basing it off solely that his talent at some point, at any point could show out and then he could just absolutely take over a game. He's that talented. Um, but we haven't seen really that OBJ this season too much. So if I had to bet, I would go Landry is going to be the guy that that has the big game again, just because I think him and, and Mayfield have a better connection. But I don't think you can ever com- completely count OBJ out. I think it is worth noting. This is um, this is a side note, but it really affects my IDP league. But Sam Hubbard for for Cincinnati, who's been a a pretty elite uh, a defensive end slash tackle for them has not practiced yet this week. It's looking like he might miss this game. So um, that's just more incentive to play Chubb. Uh, if Cincinnati is out, I mean, he is that Sam Hubbard. If you guys, I know that not at most people are not IDP players, but uh, if you're not paying attention to this team, cause they're bad, Sam Hubbard has, has been really, really, really good this year. So, um, you know, if he is out, that, that could be a huge loss for Cincinnati's D-line. So that's worth noting as far as Chubb and Kamara go, or as uh, Kareem Hunt, sorry. Don't um, you dare. Don't you dare sully the name of Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry. I meant I meant Kareem Hunt. I meant Kareem Hunt. They start with Ks. I'm sorry. That's Ugh. There's A's and there's, there's R's and they're just whatever. Just, just you know what I meant. He's my guy. Look at this. Look at this. He's my guy. That's oh so man! Cute. Look at that. That's that's what's grumpy as he records. That's I, I also have a signed helmet of him. <clears throat> All right, I'm a little jealous of the signed helmet. I'm yeah, not going there you on. go. Um, but real, real quick, I do want to add something. As far as the OBJ thing goes, I don't know what you guys took away from that interview, and I don't know if you you uh, you guys kind of saw it at all. But my big takeaway was OBJ said he, he basically he's he's he did he wouldn't want to be anywhere else than Cleveland right now with Jarvis Landry. But in the offseason, he doesn't know if he'll want to be there. He'll face that when it comes. And I think, to me, that means, is this coach going to be here? Because if the coach is going to be here, I don't want to be here. I, I really feel like that's that's kind of the message here was that, like, hey, I don't fit into this system. This coach has lost his team. He's lost his locker room. And, like, I, I can't tell you how I'm going to feel next season. I'll, I'll cross that path when I come to it. I, I really feel like the writing's on the wall. Is that like, hey, yeah, I would really like to play here with Landry. I would be fine playing here, but, uh, you know, maybe under a different coach. So I'll tell you how I feel after the offseason. You know, kind of that that's the way I took it. I'm not too sure, but uh, but there's definitely something brewing there. And I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But for the time being, you're right. I mean, it's hard to, to bank on, uh, on Odell Beckham doing anything based off of what we've seen so far. I I'm hoping that Cleveland realizes the mistake they made in hiring a coach who had called what eight games total in his career as a, as a coordinator. Um, and, and then you bring in, you bring in an offensive coordinator who has a very successful resume and you don't give him the play call. Really? So I, 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 I might, 
Bad teams do bad things, Stompy. Oof. Hey, 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 hey. The facts of That's life. enough. That's enough, Ethan. That Not is everyone it. can have a coaching guru like Mike Tomlin leading the charge, okay? Why why are you talking to me like that? Not everyone can do Oh, sorry. I meant I'm a James Broncos fan, bro. James yeah. Yeah. Browns. James. Fan. Mike Tomlin is a good head coach. Yep, that's all I needed to hear. Okay, we can move on. Next next matchup. Uh, and my computer's freezing again. Bye. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, your computer's Stompy. freezing. You know why it's freezing? Because I just said Mike Tomlin's a good freaking head coach. Yep. That's why. Put that's it down. Why. I'm putting that as my ringtone. Oh, my gosh. My ringtone on my phone. Every Dude. time you message me on Twitter. It's not worth Mike it. Mike Tomlin is a good head coach, okay? Don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm back. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not editing any of this out, by the good. way. Good. Good. So you guys, this, this is how you make do, the sausage. We're all doing right. it live. Okay? Well, we, we we didn't talk about Cincinnati here. Um, do we have to? Joe Mixon. Do Dude, they're terrible. How do you feel about Joe Mixon this week? Cleveland Browns, like I said, have been better uh, against the run. Um, th- over the last uh, five weeks, they have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to running backs. How do you feel about Joe Mixon um, this week? I think he's probably going to end up as a mid-level RB2, and that's worth starting on most fantasy teams, for me at least. Yep, I agree. Um, I got him right there. That's, that's pretty much it. I think, you know, he's he's always got the fact that he's used in the passing game as much as he is. He's always going to be able to bank on that. Kind of the same argument that I make for Devonta Freeman. The uh, you know even when they're not playing super well, the pass game is going to give them a safe enough floor that I think you can play him every week. And then, like James said, I mean, Andy Dalton. I I, I get what they were doing. The resurgence I, of Andy Dalton. I get what they were doing. Um, I do. Uh, but Andy Dalton has been an, an okay QB throughout his career. And very obviously, uh, the pass catchers are better with Andy Dalton. So, um, on Tate, been a decent pat, uh, receiver this season. I don't know if I necessarily trust him against Cleveland in that secondary. Tyler Boyd's a must start, I I believe. Um, they do have the outside uh, corners, but I don't think Cleveland really has a slot corner to match with Tyler Boyd. Um, plus, Andy Dalton feeds Tyler Boyd. So, um, would you guys be starting on Tate? I, I, I'm hoping that you have better wide receivers, but if you don't have better wide receivers, do you, would you be starting on Tate this week? Normally I would, but John Ross is coming back this week. Uh, he's coming Ooh. off the IR, and I think that that kind of throws a wrinkle in my Auden Tate. Um, any any kind of love that I had for him, I just don't feel like this offense can support two solid wide receivers, um, especially when you got Tate, Erickson, and Ross kind of all vying for that wide receiver too. I think Tate has proven enough this year to justify that he should end up with more targets. But John Ross started really hot before he got hurt. So, you know, I think Tyler Boyd is probably the only must start of the three. Um, I don't think you can trust John Ross in his first game back. They said they're going to ease him back in. But again, um, what does that mean for NFL coaches? It can mean anything. So um, I think Tyler, I would go Boyd, Tate, Ross, if I'm picking, you know, the order that I expect the targets to be distributed. Um, Maybe Tyler Eifert, if you're like really hurting, 
at tight end, which I feel like pretty much everybody is. But even mm-hmm. then, I I don't love it. So um, I would say that I would say Boyd's the only one that you're for sure starting, and I'd probably try to sit the rest of them if I could. I would not be touching t- the tight ends for Cincinnati with a ten foot pole. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with everything Ethan just said. I um, Boyd's the 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 must start. He's my green white here um, for Cincinnati. Uh, Tate would be a yellow white and a play if you absolutely need to. And then that's about it. Um, John Ross, I kind of want to take a wait and see approach, but uh, it could very well affect Auden Tate. So that's that's why uh why he's a, a yellow light and closer to a red light than a green light for me and i mean what does that make um andy dalton this week he's got to be a yellow letter right i mean he's been yeah. decent yeah. you're not he's expecting that ceiling but i mean he's gonna give you some points um so yeah i i think i agree there i there's probably better options out there but he's got a decent floor so if you need him as like a qb2 in your super flex leagues uh not the worst start in the world. Uh, moving on here, Washington at Green Bay. Um, I will not say Washington's mascot because it needs to be uh, gone. But uh, at Green Bay Packers, um, <laughs> Packers are minus four are giving fourteen points <laughs> on this game. Over unders forty two. Um, so that means that Washington's going to score single digit fantasy points this week, according to <laughs> the line. Uh, We've already talked about Darius Geis, um, a good, very good matchup for both AP and Darius Geis, but they are splitting that backfield. It is a running back by committee right now. With Chris Thompson. And Chris Thompson. In whenever back. he wants to decide. Yeah. Um, so while they have been running the ball more, while Darius Geis did break out last week, like I said, the – Dwayne Haskins does not prove to be much of a threat right now uh, in the passing game. Plus green Bay has those outside cornerbacks. Um, They've kind of been not great um, the second half of the season, but when you only have Terry McLaurin to really worry about, I'm not overly worried about that. Um, So honestly, probably not starting anybody um, if I can, Darius Geis, not the worst start, but I'm not starting anybody for Washington. What do you guys think? I would say Geis and AP, if you have one or the other, um, could both be yellow lights. But outside of that, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Dwayne Haskins has absolutely killed this offense. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. And that's, that's the thing is that I, I – man, I, I don't think I feel comfortable starting anyone in this offense. I, I will give a yellow light to, to both running backs just because it is a good matchup. But other than that, I mean, I, I can't even feel good about starting Terry McLaurin because, like you said, I mean, I, man, it, has it been brutal at the quarterback position? And you never – I never thought I would say this phrase, but – Man, do I miss Case Keenum because I, he he fed McLaurin and uh, and they had some really nice chemistry. But um, since he's been out and it's been uh, you know it, it, it's gone to Haskins, it's um, it's been rough sledding. So yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable starting any Redskins outside of those guys that I have as yellow lights. Those two running backs there. Um, on the other side of the ball, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a start. Obviously Devonte Adams is a start. Uh, we have Jamal Williams was downgraded to questionable uh, today. I didn't see exactly what it was. I don't know if you can give us more there, Ethan. Um, I'll look it up. 
Um, what's interesting about the running backs in in uh, Green Bay is that Aaron Jones has not been consistent this season. Uh, he has two monster games and another fantastic game, but he also has four single digit games, including in each of the last two games. Um, so it's just really hard to trust him. And he hasn't, he's scored, uh, in, in four in six of the last seven games, he has scored or he has not scored. He scored three touchdowns a week 10. And then outside of that, he hasn't scored in, in six of the last seven. So I don't know how to feel about Aaron Jones in this one. I don't know how to feel about Jamal Williams in this one either. Um, do you, I mean, it's hard to sit either or either of them, but at the same time, it's like, well, the, the stats are not there. I think given the matchup, I think both these guys are at a minimum, a yellow light. Um, I would probably put Jones at a green light personally. Um, I just think that uh, with Williams hobbled, um, we've seen that Jones has his best games when Williams isn't involved at all. So when they're both involved, they both kind of basically pill for each other's fantasy value. Um, but it, I, I think with – it sounds like it's a knee injury. I didn't – there really isn't much about it. There usually isn't much when it comes to these injuries that happen in the middle of the week. Um, never a good sign for a player to get downgraded in the middle of the week because one, you don't know what happened. Two, you're never gonna, you're not really gonna find out. Um, and and three, that means they have even less time to recover before the game. So, um, I think there's at least an outside chance that Williams doesn't play, and in that case, I think that Jones could be a, a green light because I think I think Green Bay is gonna just smoke these guys. Um, Washington has basically caught a couple teams got off guard. Um, and 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 but for the most part they're pretty bad so yeah i don't uh, i i don't feel comfortable starting either of these backs to be honest but if i was going to start one it would be jones um like ethan said you know with uh, with williams kind of you know a little banged up i would say that um aaron jones is is likely to be the one of the two that uh, that breaks out if one does my, my only problem is that I haven't seen it. It just hasn't been there um, as of late, and uh, and I don't know what to expect. I could expect this to be a low-scoring game. Um, like you said, the over-under stompy isn't very high, um, and I, I don't know that I expect Green Bay to totally light up Washington. I think they're going to beat them pretty handily, but that could be because Washington scores six points, and it could be 21-6 to six or 20-6 to six or something like that. Um, you know, and, and, and the game's never in doubt, but it's just not a high-scoring game. So to me, I, I – I don't know that I feel comfortable starting either of them. I do think Ethan brings up a good point. Game script would would suggest that the running game maybe later in the game takes precedent here. But uh, but we know kind of how Aaron Rodgers works. They'll run it on first and second down, and if it's third and manageable, you know it'll be a play action pass. I'll pick up the first down, and they'll just milk more clock. Or you know it'll be a, a hard snap count. Someone will draw. He'll draw somebody offsides. You know so, something like that. That he'll just find ways to keep drives alive, or he'll use his own legs to do it. So. Um, that's just it for me is that I just, I just don't know how much I expect um, out, out of these backs. So I think I'd be more comfortable benching them, but uh, again, you know, you have to have a better option. So if you have a better option than Aaron Jones, I, I think I would roll with it. Well, so if Jamal Williams though, does sit out this game, you have to start Aaron Jones, right? I mean, yeah, he's going to get a hundred percent of the volume out of the backfield. So, um, 
Interesting question, though, because of the over under and because of probably the game script. What do we? Fe- how do we feel about any of the tertiary options, pass catching options for Green Bay? Green Bay. Uh, it seems that Alan Lazard has basically taken over as the wide receiver two in Aaron Rodgers' eyes, though maybe the snap share isn't there. He just seems to be getting the most second most targets among the wide receivers. I don't trust um, MVS. I don't trust Geronimo Allison uh, because they're just not getting the targets. What do we feel about Alan Lazard this week? Yeah, I personally, the only two pass catchers I'd feel comfortable starting are Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. Um, there's no nobody at tight end or no other wide receivers that I feel comfortable starting week after week. Um, even in this matchup against Washington, those are the only two guys I would look at. So um, I feel pretty good if I have Alan Lazard. I, I think he's a yellow light. Um, you know, and right, right in the middle of that yellow lights there. So I think, uh, I think if you're using him as a flex option, that's that's right about where I'd want you know my flex to be. Um, I'd feel comfortable using him this week. I I think. Yeah, I would say I would say Adams is green light. Um, you know, Lazard seems to be the the second option now. I don't know really what happened with MVS. He isn't being used at all anymore. Like he like disappeared off the face of the planet. Like I thought that earlier in the year it looked like he was going to be the guy, and then to be that number two option. And then he just like disappeared. He had one huge game in, in week seven on two catches, but he hasn't had more than three targets and since week four. So again, I don't, I don't know if Rogers tends to put people in the doghouse. So if Lazard is the guy that has his eye right now, I think that he's at least a yellow light. Um, and that's pretty much it besides Adams. All right. So you guys are going to help me set my, I, I already talked about this. Alan Lazard or Curtis Samuel this week. Lazard for me. You're going to help me win SFB9. That's it? Those are the only two options you have at wide receiver? Well, I have like Kenny Stills, but he's going up against Denver. No, that's – yeah, you can't do that. Um, and then I have – well, I had Randall Cobb. Or I could start Noah Font, but I'm not doing that. Oh, uh, yeah, don't do that. I would say Lazard just because I think the – I think he has. I think Rogers could have another a pretty prime game as far as touchdown scored. So, yeah. all right. You know, I think you go Lazard. Me personally, That's higher upside, got. and in Scott Fishbowl, you got to score some points, man. So, you know, I think that I think that's your best 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 shot. If you lose, I don't want to hear it. I'm gonna come come to you. Um, all right, on to uh, our next matchup. Uh, two other uh, NFC North teams here: Detroit at Minnesota. Vikings are 14 point favorites. Is that right? I'm taking the super under on that. Jesus. <laughs> Over under is 42 and a half. I don't know if I agree with that either. God, maybe I should start betting. That is a horrendous line. Um, but <laughs> it's two story of two bad secondaries here. Um, is Matt Stafford going to play Ethan? It's not looking that way. Um, actually, uh, I cannot remember. I, I don't think so. Let me I would love it. for him to come back, um, but I doubt it. <laughs> I just don't. I don't think he's going to. I don't think they're going to bring him back. I think he's going to end up on the IR. Um, if it's not this week, it's next week. Um, 
we, you know, he, Patricia came out and said earlier this week that he's still week to week. That means he's not going to play this week, most likely. So um, I would not expect Stafford back. It is a David Blow game. Is it Blow? Is it Bluff? Is it Blow? I believe. Blow? Is it Blog? Blow. Anyway, two bad secondaries, like I said, last five weeks. Uh, Detroit Lions have given up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. The Minnesota Vikings have given up the third most uh, points to wide receivers. Detroit didn't look terrible against Chicago, even with D- David Blau at quarterback. Um, and uh, Kenny Galladay on my bench and Marvin Jones on my bench in multiple leagues both had good fantasy days. So you would expect them to put up decent fantasy days against the Minnesota Vikings defense or secondary, right? Yeah. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, yeah. they should do something. I think they could I think you could see both of them both guys being at least wide receiver twos minimum. You throw a touchdown or two in there, then you're looking at wide receiver one numbers for one or both. So yeah, I I would feel I would feel at least I would say Galladay of the of the two Galladay is is the green light, um, but I still think that Marvin Jones could he's been playing very well yeah. the last few weeks. So I, I know, saw I, I don't have a problem starting either of those dudes, especially at like a wide receiver three or later. You know? I saw another tweet. Um, I think it was earlier this week that Jones is getting a higher. Um, I think a higher uh, target share than Kenny Galladay since Matt Stafford has been out, which I, I I would have to confirm that. But if that I if not higher, close to even. So Marvin Jones has become very viable um, with with uh, Matt Stafford out here. Um, what do we feel about like guys like Danny Amendola? Um, and the I mean, I or I guess those tertiary pass catchers, so JD McKissick as well. Uh, and then and then we think and then we can talk about um, the running back. And I just forgot his name. Scarborough. Yeah, Bo Scarborough. Legarrette Blunt 2.0. How can you not love Legarrette Blunt 2.0? He's a big boy. He's a big boy. I liked him coming out because that dude is athletic, athletic and horrendously. You want to talk about a dude that came in with a long injury history? He's the dude. Oh, lots of issues. That tweet, that tweet that I was talking about, came from your former podcast partner there, Derek Brown. Derek Brown, shout out to D Bro, love that. Um, Yeah, at D Bro underscore FFB, comparing Marvin Jones and Galladay since Matthew Stafford has been head uh, sideline target share. uh, Marvin Jones nineteen percent to Galladay sixteen percent. Their A dot. Uh, Marvin Jones is 13.1. Kenny Galladay is 15.5. Air yards is about even. Uh, there's a f- gap of four yards. Red zone targets. Marvin Jones, four to Kenny Galladay's two. So both Marvin of Jones ex- may just be good at football. Oh, he's been, he's been very good at football. <laughs> he's been um, good. Underrated. So both, are, both are extremely viable in fantasy. Both are starters this week. Um, I'm not really trusting Amendola this week. Uh, Hawkinson is on IR. I don't think you can t- trust. Was it Michael? What's his face and uh, some other guys back there that I don't know their names. So I'm not really trusting the tight end situation there. JD McKissick since 
uh, Scarborough's taking over has not really been as involved here. So really for me, Scarborough's probably an okay start uh, against Minnesota because of volume, but I'm not really loving the matchup there. So it's really Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones for me. And that in turn means that David Blau, Blow, Blog, Bluff is also a start, especially in Superflex. Yeah, I think at Superflex, you feel comfortable starting him. Absolutely. Um, I, I do uh, kind of want to shift gears here and ask Ethan a question on the other side of the ball, and that's uh, for the Vikings. Adam Thielen, what, what's going on? Are we expecting Adam Thielen to suit up? I've heard all sorts of, uh, of different um, conflicting reports on whether or not people expect him to go. So what do you think, Ethan? Uh, does Adam Thielen go? You know, he's been dealing with a hamstring um, injury for a few weeks now. They're not openly ruling him out um i i think it's looking like you know practice he hasn't practiced yet and that is always if he's not practicing that means that thing isn't feeling good yet and we're, we're on to thursday if he doesn't get a practice in tomorrow i think there's a good chance he doesn't play which isn't ideal um, you know, Zimmer has come out and said that he thinks there's a good chance he plays. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of the hardest thing I have to do is decide if a guy's going to play or not. When I, I basically only have the information that everyone else has. Um, I, I think that there is a chance he plays, but it is going to be a true game time decision. And if there is any reason for them to, you're most likely going to re-injure a hamstring strain the first week you come back. The minute you come back, you go full speed, you pop it again. And that is, this team has seen with Dalvin Cook last season, what happens when you try to rush a guy back from a hamstring. They're still playing well without Thielen. I just, I could really see this being one that it comes down to the game time and they go, you know what? I think we can win this game without him. Uh, The Lions aren't very good. Let's go one more week without him and make sure that, you know, as we're hopefully heading towards the playoffs, um, you know, we've got a full arsenal at a hundred percent or as close to it as possible. So um, I think he's going to be a game time decision. I would not be surprised if they sit him one more week. Uh, can we talk about Darius Slay as well? I mean, that's obviously going to have an impact on the Minnesota Vikings um, wide receivers he has been out over the past few weeks um, I don't know if he will be playing this week uh, and if not I, I think Diggs is it has to be an auto start regardless but if Diggs or if, if Slay isn't back there then I think both Diggs and Ola BC Johnson are very good starts this week Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you got to have someone to throw the ball to. Diggs last week disappointed a little bit. I expect him to bounce back nicely this week, even if Thielen plays. But uh, if Thielen is out, especially, and uh, Ole Beasy again is, uh, is becomes the number two pass catching option. I I don't hate Kyle Rudolph either. I mean, he's been seeing an increased amount of snaps uh, of uh, targets too uh, since Adam Thielen's been down. And I I could see him uh, kind of. 
benefiting from that too. He's really been good in the red zone as well. So um, it wouldn't shock me if he had a decent game as well here. Uh, Detroit's not great against the pass. I think they're 20th against the pass right now. So, um, you know, that's a way that you can beat this team, especially, uh, you know, I mean, we'll see, we'll see if Dalvin Cook's on a percent. If he isn't, you know, that could mean more passing, uh, more passing attempts for Kirk Cousins, which is why I like him an awful lot this week. I think uh, he's, he's a, a green light for me. Yeah, it looks like Slay has been playing. Um, so yeah. Oh no, it was just I don't know what I was thinking. He was ruled out in week eight. It's now yeah. week fourteen. Idiot. I was gonna say, I was gonna say it looked like he missed a game in week eight, but no, he has been playing. So Slay Slay should be you know full not, capacity for this game. Not well, apparently. Well, um, again, I don't follow the defensive really side as closely so um, i don't think that this the secondary has played well for a while now um so with slay i would say that you know uh, i think Diggs is a, is startable this week i think he could he could put up a good game i think that cousins is startable this week um cook obviously you got a green light cook yeah. every week there's no sure. doubt uh the injury is a little concerning yeah. if he plays let's put it that way if he plays you got to start him, but, um, and I would say, man, it looks like he's, he's leaning towards playing. That is, I think Madison, because of the questions around Dalvin cook right now, I think Madison, you know, is probably a yellow light, um, maybe even closer to a green light, because I think that, I think that Dalvin, there's a chance Dalvin cook doesn't get a full set of games, um, but they seem pretty optimistic that Cook is going to be 100% for this game. He's been dealing with a chest-slash-shoulder injury. We know that he's had um, a lot of shoulder issues in the past. So uh, this is where that injury history comes into play. And uh, Dalvin Cook is one of those guys that you every week you have to just kind of remember in the back of your head, like, he could blow up for you he could be out in the first series with an injury. You know, you, you, he still has not shaken that, uh, that history that he came in, you know, the first few years in the league that he's had. So uh, I think you got to start Dalvin cook. If he plays, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Um, and I think Alexander Madison could see, you know, significant enough work to justify, you know, an RB two or RB three slot on a, on a playoff team. Um. The one of the interesting starts here is or or questions here is Kyle Rudolph. Now haven't hasn't been heavily targeted, but been very effective uh, of late. I mean, uh, double digit fantasy points in each of the last four games. Uh, five touchdowns in the last four games. Six touchdowns in the last six. Uh, since Thielen, basically since Thielen's gone yeah. down, he's been startable. Right. So yeah, since basically since week seven, he's been extremely startable. Um, and while Detroit has been good of late against tight ends, I would think that you, I, I think Kyle Rudolph is a start at this point. He seems to be the second or maybe the third option uh, behind Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs in this offense. Yeah. I mean, I definitely in the red zone at a minimum and, and with tight ends, you know, I think that's you're, you're banking on touchdowns for the most part, a touchdown to a tight end, even if they're not getting a ton of, of looks, 
um, is good enough to put them in tight end one category. 100%. I think I think someone someone tweeted out that Darren Waller scored like seven points last week and was a tight end one on the week. So it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was two. It was two. It was Ryan McDowell two weeks ago. Two weeks McDowell, ago. that's right. McDowell yeah. put that out yeah. there. So I mean, the tight end position is so bad. So yeah, um, you know, there's I been think, a lot of injuries out there, a lot of disappointing uh, stuff going on too. So. Yeah. So uh, I would say, I would say, yeah, I think that he's a startable startable. Right. Guy let's, let's knock a few of these out here because can we, I, can we, I say yeah, one more thing talk. about this game? Absolutely. Sorry, I know not. we're talking. I'm, I know, but here, I just need to put this out there because I think it's worth noting. Carry uh, on Johnson returned to practicing this week. Now carry on Johnson is, is slated to turn return at the earliest week 16. For most teams, this is a non-factor. Most teams will not be in the playoffs at that point. Um, or they could be, you know, it's the championship game, basically. Um, if you have a, a league that plays into week 17, it is worth picking up on Johnson right now. Um, if he is on your waiver wire, it is worth picking him up and stashing him just in case you get to I wouldn't trust him week 16 if he plays. But if you go into week 17, he's a guy that could see snaps. Um, the team is bad, but there's still a chance that carry that on Johnson could play. And I think you got to take that risk. So um, I just want to throw that out there because I'm the injury guy. So I try to, I'm just trying to try to keep everybody up to date with these things. Um, but, but yeah, worth, worth picking up if you play into week 17. Uh, it seems like James is having some internet issues. So it's Ethan and I for the time being, maybe for the rest of the podcast. So we apologize for that. Uh, next game, San Francisco 49ers at New Orleans Saints. As San Francisco starts to play into the tougher part of their schedule, where they're starting to, you're starting to find some flaws here. Um, New Orleans, their defense has become extremely stout. Uh, lately and and that's both in the secondary and against the run um so there's not a lot to love for san francisco this week in my opinion um i don't think jimmy g's a good start this week uh of course i don't think jimmy g's a good start most weeks because i don't like jimmy g but but um (laughs) Is there anybody that you really – I mean, I guess George Kittle's about the only one that I really trust at this point because even last week, I mean, Tevin Coleman, the starting running back, got six touches to Raheem Mostert's 21. Yeah, this one's tough. Uh, to, to, Mostert, I guess, could be a yellow light. Um, uh, I know the matchup isn't great, but it seems like they're pretty confident in him. Um, man, that's tough to trust anybody in that backfield, though. That you know, Matt Breida, again, if in doubt, trust none of them, um, and just live with that. Um, the only other guy that I think is worth maybe discussing is Debo Samuel. Um, I know he's a rookie, I know it's hard to trust rookies in fantasy, but man, this guy has he has been pretty darn good here for the last few weeks. Um, I'm looking up some stats right now, but, uh, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're going to yellow light, at least one guy in this passing offense, um, it could be Debo. We'll see, um, who they put on him as far as matchups go. But I mean, just looking at his last, you know, his last four weeks, basically, you know, he had 
112 yards receiving, 134 yards receiving, 50 yards and a touchdown, 41 yards and a touchdown. So a touchdown or over 100 yards receiving in, in each of his last four games. So, I mean, I think that's worthy of at least yellow light consistency uh, or yellow light consideration. Outside of that, uh, I'm yeah. not really trust. And Kittle, I mean, you got to start Kittle. Yeah. But um, outside of that, I'm not really trusting anybody. 100%. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, Latavius Murray is an absolute sit. Um, other than that, I think you're starting Kamara. You're starting Michael Thomas. I don't know if I really want to start Drew Brees. That's a tough one. That's a uh, tough one. Yeah, it's because really this San Francisco good. defense is still pretty darn good, especially against the pass. So, yeah, I mean, if you have better options out there, I might not be starting Drew Brees this week. Um, because while, while San Francisco has definitely given up more fantasy points of late to QBs, they shut down Aaron Rodgers. Um, really, the only ones that have been putting up decent points are the guys who can run the ball. I mean, Kyler Murray put up two 20-point-plus games. Lamar Jackson obviously uh, put up a 20-plus point game. But other than that, they've been very good against the pass. So uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know how to feel here. I, I really don't. I, I would say that back in QB1 at best for Drew Brees, um, I don't think you're going to sit him in super flex leagues, but still not the best matchup here. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is uh, – I think it's – arguably the worst matchup i mean their last three games they're only given san francisco's only given up 105 yards passing a game i mean that is that's pretty stout <laughs> they're you know they're they're ranked first in the league in that category um this this past defense is pretty legit so and obviously if they can if they can uh get pressure on drew Brees uh, outside of michael thomas you know where is he going to go to throw the ball and kamara i guess out of the backfield but um you know, not a team that's going to hit you with a solid wide receiver two or three. So, um, you know, and really no tight end to speak of either. I mean, Jared Cook's been – I would say Jared Cook is probably one that, you know, uh, I think is a yellow light. Um, if you're, you're starting your, your, your starting Thomas, you're starting Kamara, um, I would say Cook is probably the only other yellow light in this game. Um, but I think this could be a, a really kind of grinded out game. Yeah, I agree there. Um, moving on, Miami Dolphins at New York Jets. Uh, pretty ugly game here, though. Two bad defenses, really. So it actually could be relatively high scoring. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't give a shit about your tank. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about your tank. He doesn't care about nothing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the big Bless surprise. His heart. He deserves to be on yeah, a better team than if, what he's on. If he was on the Steelers right now, man, that would be – you know, he, he, he would, I just feel bad for the guy. Cause he's played inconsistently, but I mean, man, his ups are real up there. So yeah, <laughs> it's just, um, it's, you know, honestly, it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, I, I just, I've enjoyed watching him just crush dolphin fans their hopes it. and dreams. They've played, they've played their way out of Joe Burrow. They've played their way out of chase young. Like this team is just, this is worst case scenario. It reminds me a lot actually of the jets a few years ago with uh, Josh McCown, Josh McCown in a year that it was pretty obvious. The jets were tanking won them like four or five games and everyone was so upset about it. This is what it reminds me of. So, uh, I mean, who you start, who are you playing in this game? 
Um, well, I, I think almost all of the pass catchers for Miami really – actually, most of the pass catchers across the board, if I'm really thinking about it. Um, I think Fitzpatrick's a fine start, uh, especially in, in super flex. Um, but Devontae Parker, fifth-year breakout. How about that? I love it. Uh, at this point, he it, he is a must start every week, um, but especially against a a New York Jets secondary that's given up the tenth most fantasy points over the last five weeks. Um, is it a Patrick Layered week? Is a good question. It could be. <laughs> I mean, Balaj is hurt. Yeah, I don't even know who their fifth running back is. I mean, I'm. Yeah, he's catching passes, so especially in a PPR league, I mean, I think it's at least worth considering. Um, it's unlikely that most teams need him to start. Uh, hopefully, you'd, hopefully you're not relying on him um, to actually – but I don't think it's the worst start on the planet. But, um, by the way, the Jets have given up the fewest fantasy points to running backs over the past five weeks. I'm not saying it's the best start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, but I think that again, passing floor is, is at least somewhat there in a PPR league. He didn't look good running the ball. At, who are we? Why are we even talking about that? I don't know. This is uh, what, about, what about Mike? He's, what a, about- jo- he's a joke. And that, that team, I can't wait until Deandre Swift is on this Miami team just to see how miserable they can make him look too. They're probably going to trade him to some other team in three years. And it's just going to be sad for everybody, but Whatever, it's fine. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, yes. You should play Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Mike Gasicki. Mike what do you think about him? Been coming on of late, been much more involved of late. Yeah, I think I'd feel okay with it. If you're hurting at tight end, I'd be okay with it. Let's put it that way. I'd be all okay right. with it. Because they're slinging the ball all over the place. I mean, clearly Fitzpatrick doesn't give a crap about anything. So he's going <laughs> to do what, what he do. So... Um, on the other side of the ball, I think Sam Darnold's a good start. Uh, yep. Robbie Anderson, uh, yep. been heavily involved, uh, or not heavily involved, but very much involved over the past uh, two weeks, really the past three weeks. If we think about it, he's got a touchdown or 80 yards in every wait or, or over 80 yards in, in each of the last three games, um, much more involved, uh, seems him and Darnold have rekindled their romance or relationship. So I think Robbie Anderson's kind of the go-to here. Uh, Jamison Crowder uh, as well as a good start. Um, just a bad secondary overall um, for uh, Miami. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Darnold, maybe Ryan Griffin as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I could dig that for touchdown upside. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so most of the pass catchers on that side of the ball, Lev Bell, um, Robbie Anderson. Bell's best game of the year came against Miami earlier this year. So basically start everybody except for Demarius Thomas because after he had a few good games, he just kind of died. What about Jamison Crowder? I'd like Jamison Crowder. I'm probably not starting him, I'll be honest. All right. Um, Well, I mean (sighs) – He's the one that's getting the targets is, is the big thing here. Like uh, he, 
yeah, he had he had only four targets against Oakland, but nine last week. He he only caught two, uh, eight in week eleven, six in week ten, nine in week nine. Like he he's getting targets. Um, he he just hasn't been doing anything with those pro- targets the past two weeks. So yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, it's a good it's a good. We'll see. They could go back to him. I mean, he had a good game against Miami earlier in the year. You I know, would say if receptions. I, he's kind of like a flex option, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's more of a flex option than anything here. I would say Robbie Anderson's probably a better start this week than, mm-hmm. than Jamison Crowder. Um, On to our next matchup here, uh, trying to fly through a bunch of these um, real quick. Indianapolis Colts at Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Brissett is a good start this week. Um, Zach Pascal is a good start this week. Jack Doyle is a good start this week. I am not trusting mac i'm not trusting um uh, jonathan williams i'm not trusting any of the running backs tampa bay is very good against the run extremely poor against the pass so uh paris campbell actually might be a sneaky flex start this week if you're looking for that's risky I, i i mean if you're looking for that crazy upside um maybe paris campbell i don't is chester rogers playing it doesn't look like he's going to Okay. So yeah, I mean, maybe it's, I think it's Doyle, Pascal and Brissett. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, and then you're there. There's some very obvious starts on the other side of the ball. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. And then I don't know if you can really trust the backfield. Who knows what's happening with that Tampa yeah. Bay backfield? You know, every time we think, Oh, Ronald Jones is the guy. It's like, oh, here comes Peyton Barber for two touchdowns and 90 yards and a two-point conversion. Like, you just you just can't trust either of them. I mean, you would think that this would be an okay matchup, but I just – man, there's just no way to know. <laughs> Again, it's kind of like the same thing with San Francisco. If you can't – if you don't know, it's yeah. hard to trust any of them. So, yeah, basically it's your your – usual suspects um for tampa bay uh winston godwin and evans nothing really special there um or in this game to to really think about it's it's going to be the battle of the passing games um they might have the highest over under of the week so it's going to be likely the highest scoring game of the week um Denver broncos at houston texans Drew Locke got his first win last week, uh, two touchdowns, under 200 yards passing. But the Houston Texans secondary is rough, to say the least. So uh, Drew Locke is a QB2 this week. I don't hate. I have to start him in a couple leagues as my QB2, and I don't love it. But he didn't look – he showed what I thought he – showed in college mm-hmm. which is that dude has some serious arm talent i mean yep. a much much rawer version of josh allen and i think that i would raw raw version raw. I, would say raw, I would say a much more raw version of patrick mahomes josh allen was rough coming out of college yeah but i just don't i, I i'm talking just arm talent I mean, just being able to take a football and throw it far and throw it semi-accurately. I mean, I think that in college, I saw a lot of Drew Locke. He looked almost afraid as soon as pressure came. And I didn't see that as much 
at least in the first half last week. Now in the second half, I think that defense got to him and you could tell that, you know, he, I still think Drew Locke needs some seasoning a little bit. Um, but I, I don't expect, I don't expect a horrible game. I think a, a QB two game could be, uh, is, is well within his range of outcomes this week. And I think that makes him startable and super flex. Uh, Sutton is a must start at this point. Yes. Um, he has made a gigantic step forward in his second season. Other than that, uh, I mean, maybe Lindsay, if you have to, but he just hasn't been involved as much in, in the passing game, which is kind of scary though. He has been, uh, extremely efficient with his touches in most weeks. He was not last week, um, still the RB 14, but over the last three weeks, uh, he has not scored double digit fantasy points. So, uh, Temper your expectations, I suppose, with Philip Lindsay, especially if you, if you have to start him. I'm not touching Royce Freeman, not touching no font or no fant. Um, and there's not really any other pass catchers I really trust for Denver. On the other side of the ball, obviously, Dejon Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are must starts. Um, you have anything on Will Fuller? You know, I, I mean, Fuller is, again, he's another one of those guys that every time he touches, Every time he touches the field, you, you could see greatness, and you 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 could be severely disappointed. He could pull a hammy the minute he walks out. Um, I think that if he's playing, I think he is worth starting. Um, but he's still limited with this hamstring, and that is not ideal. I mean, the Patriots basically shut him down, but the week before, you know, he had 140 yards on 11 targets. So. Uh, you know, he's just a, he's the epitome of a boom bust guy. If you need a big week, if Will Fuller is a, you know, I don't think he's any, I think he's a solid wide receiver three option because he can win you a week. Um, and there aren't a ton of wide receiver threes that can, that can do that and have done that as consistently as Will Fuller has. So, um, I would say that startable. Yes. Um, but only as a wide receiver three, maybe a wide receiver two, if you're like really needing a huge week from somebody. Um, but I, I think he's going to end up in that wide receiver three range um, for me, as far as like weekly. Um, honestly, Kenny stills might be interesting this week because of that. I mean, Chris Harris likely shadowing Deandre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, if Will Fuller is kind of iffy this week, Kenny stills could be the guy here. Um, to own uh, against his Broncos secondary. Um, and then and then you have uh, Darren Fells, who seems to be a favorite target of the uh, – of, of Touchdowns. <laughs> in, in the red zone, man. Um, and, and really, that's all you can ask for from tight ends is the guy, if he catches a touchdown, he's basically made your, made your day for, for tight ends. So. Yep. And uh, Fels can catch two on any given day. So yeah, so not a bad not scares. a bad start there. Um, what do you think about the running backs here? I mean, Carlos Hyde after starting off very strong, is he dead? Or did he die? You know, I don't know if he died, but man, it seems like they kind of like have figured out that maybe Duke Johnson is more effective for this offense. Um, you know, uh, again, last week six targets. You know, he rushed the ball nine times. We're still not seeing like a full bell cow. I trust Johnson more than I trust Hyde. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, so, I mean, in PPR, especially uh, Duke Johnson, um, I, I'm honestly – It has yeah. to be a PPR. You can't trust him in standard. Yeah, he I can't. He I, you he's know, never had more than 10 rushing attempts in a game. This, is, is, one of the, this is one of those situations where I'm probably setting both because I just don't – I'm not trusting either of them. I cannot wait for the running back class of next season. Ugh. I just – can you just imagine? Look at the teams that need running backs right now. Houston could use a, a bell cow back. Atlanta could use a bell cow back. San Francisco could use a bell cow back. These are good teams that need good running backs, and we could have potentially five or six really good ones coming yep. into the league next year. I'm just, uh, I'm just speculating. It's, I'm getting antsy for the for the off season. No, I hear you. You can just tell, but uh, we could keep moving on. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Los Angeles Chargers at Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about uh, the running or the, the lack of run defense on both of these teams. So the running backs here are must starts uh, Fournette, Gordon, and Austin Eckler, who has still been pretty involved despite Melvin Gordon's um, Melvin Gordon coming back. Um, then, then you have the <laughs> – Philip Rivers, who is absolutely washed at this point. I don't think anybody can deny that, but Keenan Allen's continues to get targets. Um, it seems like Mike Williams is good for like a 50 yard catch. And then that's about it. air yard King. Yeah. <laughs> that dude. And then if air yards counted for anything more than just, uh, they count for anything. Mike Williams has got you. Yeah. That dude then, gets, it's ridiculous. And it's then Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry's a go-to guy. So I'm not starting Mike Williams because you can't really trust him. Keenan nope. Allen's, I, I think you have to start every week. Hunter Henry, you have to yep. start every week. And then the running backs for Los Angeles. Like I said, on the other side, um, you have to start Fournette. Are you starting Minshew this week? No. I am not either. If I can avoid it, no. Uh, I, I mean, Derwin James is back. That doesn't spell good. Um, I know that last week was his first game back, so you know that was. I think he was shaking off some rust. I think that I think this team's defense is going to basically just. I think they're trying. They're they're out to prove something. You know that this team is better than what their record shows, and I think they're going to just. I think they're going to beat up on Jacksonville. Um, yeah. As far as the defense in the passing game, at least I don't know if they're going to be able to beat up the running game, but. Passing game for sure. Um, against quarterbacks, Los Angeles has not has allowed only one quarterback to uh, score over twenty fantasy points since week four. So that just tells you how good they've been against the pass. So I, if you have better options, I mean, he might be an okay QB two, but if you have better options in Gardner Minshew, I am not starting him this week. That extends to his pass catchers. Uh, Chris Conley, not a bad start, been very heavily involved, but I don't know if, I mean, DJ Chark has just, mind you, he did have falls, probably will be heavily targeted by Gardner Minshew, but he has, um, and I just forgot his name too, uh, as I look up our lads depth charts. Wait, like, are you talking about D.D. Westbrook? Are you talking no, about No, no, I'm Chris talking Conlon? about – no, I am t- – <laughs> Who are I, you talking about? 
uh, Casey Hayward. Uh, the, oh, Casey uh, Hayward. Okay. DJ Chark has to probably face Casey Hayward most of the day, so he is likely in for a bad day. Um, so I would pivot somewhere else if I can. D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley this week. But yeah, I, I think the really the only one that I'm really trusting is is Leonard Fournette on that side of the ball. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, Westbrook did have a personal day missed on Wednesday. Doesn't look like an it's an injury. Um, always kind of got to raise your eyebrows on those personal days. Is it is he sick? Is it something where he might end up missing this game because of some unknown reason? I don't know. I'm just noting that for everyone that's listening. <clears throat> Very good. Uh, moving on, Tennessee Titans at Oakland Raiders. Ryan Tannehill has been in the I, man. <laughs> he's, he's been all right. He's been pretty good. What do you mean all right? He's been pretty good. All right. For he's been right. much better than than Mariota has been in the last three years. So. Tannehill has been the QB five over the past five weeks. Okay, he's been pretty good. And probably better over the past six. He actually had his worst start last week since he's become the starter. So, but Oakland secondary is atrocious. This is a very good matchup for Ryan Tannehill. Probably a good matchup for <laughs> one of AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Good luck figuring that one out. I default to Brown at this point, but I don't like either of them. I, usually I don't know. Pro- I'm going to probably sit both to be honest. Uh, so Adam Humphreys, it is. Uh, <laughs> no, nope. but yeah, I, I would probably if you had to choose, it would be AJ Brown. But regardless, Tannehill's a must start. It's just I best guess who's going to actually get the uh, targets. Um, Derrick Henry been an absolute monster this season. Um, despite not being really involved in the pass game, he is the. RB four. He has 23 targets on the season. He is the RB four that tells you how much of a monster he's been on the ground. He is a freak. (laughs) He would be so hard. He's just so hard to tackle. The dude's just like a freight train. So it's an absolute must start. Must start every week. Um, On the other side of the ball for Oakland, Josh Jacobs is a must start. Basically yep. every week he is. He's been playing with a fractured shoulder. I think that's interesting. Um, when you hear fractured shoulder, it's probably not as significant as what the, it sounds much worse than it probably is, but I think it's worth noting um, that he's been injured for the majority of this season, um, despite the fact that he's still playing very, very well. Uh, how do you feel about Derek Carr? That I don't feel good great about it but i could see where you know qb low end qb2 um and really pass catchers i mean tyrell williams started the the season on fire but of late just not been involved um darren waller's really the only pass catcher i trust there hunter renfro if if you're in a pinch but yeah i mean just not heavily involved Tyrell Williams, which is extremely disappointing. But so, so really it's Josh Jacobs 
and Darren Waller for me. I mean, do you would you be trusting either of Tyrell Williams or Hunter Hunter Renfro? No, no. I'm, I would say it's basically just Waller, and that's that's really it outside yeah. of Jacobs. I mean, and that's really Waller hasn't been playing exceptionally well uh, recently either, but tight end again he was tight end one with seven points so you don't need him to be amazing he did he did have 100 yards last week okay so i mean just on reputation alone this year you got to start him so so um kind of a gross game in terms of fantasy assets in that one um try and knock out these last four Kansas city chiefs and new England Patriots. I think that is the best game of the week. It's going to be a Um, good one. I think this is a big game for the Patriots. Yeah. Um, If they lose this one, it's not going to look good. They haven't really won a big marquee game um, against a team. That's, that's really, really competing um, recently. So, I mean, I think they kind of have to avenge the loss to, to the Ravens earlier this year where the Ravens just spanked him. So I think they need to, I think they need to win. They're going to be fired up for this one. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes must start. Travis Kelsey yep. must start. Tyree yep. kill must start. Yep. Other than that, don't love it. Nope. Uh, I mean, McCoy, I guess Damian Williams is probably going to be out again with that rib. I'm guessing. Most likely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, LaShawn McCoy will, should get a majority of the touches back there, but New England's been very good on um, all sides of the ball uh, or uh, on all facets of the game on defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, basically, again, usual suspects there, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Um, for New England, um, <laughs> Edelman and – Edelman. Michelle. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm okay with Michelle this week. Um, I, I'm not a Michelle guy, so this is, I, I think it's matchup only. Oh, yeah. um, I think, I think I'm okay with, I, I would probably say that Edelman and Brady are really the only two that I feel pretty good about starting in a super flex. Um, Michelle, yeah, I think he's fine as an RB2. I actually don't mind White either. So Kansas yeah. City has given up the second most yards on the ground and the seventh most receptions this season. So they have been hor- – and that's to running backs, I apologize. So they have been horrendous against all running backs. So White and Michelle, I think, are decent starts this week. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. Yeah, and then and then I, I don't know if you can really trust Nikhil Harry. I um, I don't think he can. He's he, just been Brady's just been funneling targets to Edelman. He's the only one that you can trust week to week. I mean, Muhammad Sanu's not a terrible start, but I mean, he's he's been pretty involved since he was traded. But he's not going to give you big games. I mean, I, I guess the last two weeks he's kind of been rough, but he had that eighty-one yard, one touchdown game. Um, okay, maybe not. Now now that I'm looking at his stats, never mind. Edelman, Michelle White. That's that's it. That's I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we haven't seen really much of anything since that first game where you had like a ridiculous amount of targets. And and those other pass catchers, not really worth it. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at Arizona Cardinals. Um, 
this is a pick them game. Uh, you pick. Uh, this is kind of a rough game if I really if I'm really looking at it. I mean, I think Snell is the best option for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, we've already talked about James Connors out. Uh, is Juju Smith Schuster playing today or on Sunday? It's not looking like it. He is. I would say it's pretty unlikely that he plays. Um, he's been dealing with uh, a knee issue. He's got a had a concussion. You know, this is one of those where it just doesn't look like he's going to be ready in time uh, to play. So, I mean, James Washington, yes. if Juju's out, I think is is a decent wide receiver three slash low end wide receiver two option because um, it looks like you know he 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 has at least the trust downfield um, f- from Hodges. Um, I think that. I think James. Snell Snell is playable, and then on the other side, I think I think Kyler is is playable, but it's going to be a tough matchup. I think this could get an ugly game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that running backs you can't trust any of those. Same thing, you know, if you can't trust any of the any of the three of them, man, I feel bad for David Johnson. He is just I've never seen somebody's value just absolutely tank as quickly as David Johnson's has. But and they could he really- looks he looks bad. But they could – I mean, they need him as a pass catcher, I think. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, – I, I don't trust Drake. I don't trust um, – you know, I, I don't I don't trust Edmonds. I don't trust DJ, which is sad. Um, yeah. I mean, actually, the more I think about it, the more I probably don't – I don't know if Kyler is probably I, – I guess Kyler on the ground could maybe get you solid numbers, but – Man, it's gonna be. This is gonna be an ugly game. I feel like this is gonna be. Yeah. I feel like every game the Steelers have played this year has been an ugly game. So, I, I expect another one here. By the way, James Washington, wide receiver, sixteen over the past five weeks. So, so yeah, I think he's. I think for pass catchers, especially with Juju out, I mean Washington. I think Snell's a good play. Outside of that, you know, this could very, very well be a you know thirty points or less total for yeah. a week. I'm probably smashing the under. Um, Seahawks at Los Angeles Rams. Chris Carson's a must start. Russell Wilson's a must start. Tyler Lockett at this point, apparently not a must start. Uh, don't know what happened there. Tyler Lockett cost me at least two games last week, and I respect the heck out of these guys for playing. Uh, again, if Lockett ever listens to this show, I, <laughs> I I still respect you as for what you do on the football field, but man, that one hurt me real bad. So uh, I'm going to try not to be too salty about it, but I don't think you can trust him. You can't trust him. I mean, each of the last, I mean, the last three weeks specifically have been real bad. Um, it seems like DK Metcalf is kind of the guy now. Uh, so, uh, I mean, with, with that in mind, Actually, you know, now that I say that, I almost think that lock. This is a locket game. Um, Metcalf's probably facing J- Jalen Ramsey most of the time this week, um, so I this probably is a locket game. If I'm really thinking about it now, yeah, I could see him bouncing back, and I could see, I could see, I still think him and Russell have a good connection, and I, I could see Russell kind of feeding him um, to get him back in the groove of things after you know two or three bad games here um, well, three bad games for sure. So uh, yeah, I could, I could see Russell feeding him a little bit. We could see another big, big target game. He's had a few of those, you know, he's had, 
actually no. 18 target game. So uh, would not be surprised if we could, if we see him blow up again. As I, as I'm looking at this, um, Larry Fitzgerald, 11.6, Willie Sneed, 15.4, Anthony Miller, 11.4. I don't know. Did Deontay? No, I guess that was Juju was playing that game. Tyler Boyd, 12.8. Um, Lockett did have a four, uh, 51 yards and a touchdown earlier this season. Chris Godwin, 41.2. Like, it seems they are most vulnerable from wide receiver or uh, against wide receivers from the slot. Um, so, and he yeah. was sick last week. I think yeah. that's, he's been hurt. He had the flu last week. I think this could be a lock again. I agree with you. Um, and then we'll go for, yellow light. Minute. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he, are you starting Rashad Penny is, is a, a legitimate question. As a Chris Carson guy, um, I cannot in good faith start Rashad Penny. But I think he will put up enough numbers to justify starting him. Okay, so the yellow light, green light, Carson, yellow light, Penny. I think I'm sitting Metcalf this week um, because of the matchup. So I think he's going to struggle. I think he's uh, going to struggle. I think Ramsey's going to Ramsey's going to teach him a lesson, um, unless he gets a big big play down the field. But I still feel like Locke. It's the better start of the two. And Despite then being worse, Jacob Hollister um, been very involved um, since he was really activated, but especially over the past four weeks. Um, is this a good matchup? I mean, you have Corey Littleton in the middle there, but you also have um, Eric Weddle. Um, is this going? I mean, would you be starting Jacob Hollister this week? I guess is is a good question as well. If I absolutely have to. Yes. Um, if I can find another option, I'm probably going to go with with this, a safer option if I can. I, I wouldn't start him over like Darren Fells. I would, I would probably start Fells over him. So Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I just think the matchup is an ideal, and I think this is going to be uh, – I think this is going to be a running back game for Seattle, even though it seems like every game is a running back game for Seattle. Oh, that reminds me. I, I forgot to mention Pittsburgh Steelers at Cardinals. What about Vance McDonald? Cardinals give up fantasy. So they bleed fantasy points. To McDonald, I think, is startable this week yeah, for sure. I, I think I agree with that. You know, and I think that they're I think the Steelers gameplay game plan will revolve at least somewhat around getting the ball. Um I, I mean I could see him eight plus targets easily because I think they're gonna attack the weakest point of this defense. Especially with without Juju. So, yeah. Um, for the for the Rams, um, I, I, we, we talked about Woods. I think he's the safest player here. Todd Gurley's a, uh, a, a must start. Tyler Higby is also a must start for me this week. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. Can you tell me what's going on with Gerald Everett? He's been dealing with an, uh, a knee injury, um, and it looks like he hasn't practiced yet, um, which isn't. We, it, it, that's not ideal. So uh, I'm going to say he's probably going to sit. So, so that means Tyler Higby gets Tyler the, Higby. Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks have given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends the of the season. Um, so we, Tyler Higby went for over a hundred and a touchdown last week yep. against Arizona. 
I don't know if you can expect that this week, but 50 and a touchdown very easily. Yep. So I, I like Tyler Higby a lot this week. Yep, me too. I'll be starting him in quite a few of my playoff matchups. SFB9, baby. SFB9. Gosh, don't make me sad. Um, and then finally, New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles battle of a. I feel like we went through this a lot earlier with, with our. No, I agree. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know I, to say about it. Daniel Jones. I we didn't talk much about Daniel Jones. Probably a decent QB two this week uh, against a bad Philadelphia secondary. I do like, um, do like Sterling Shepard now that he's back. Uh, Evan Ingram. Is he going to play at all this for the rest of the season? Man, this is this is one I I, I put a t- uh, put a tweet out earlier uh, a couple weeks ago that basically was highlighting some guys that are hurt that could maybe not return this year just because their teams are so bad. Um, we see it every year where guys just get shut down, even if they're injuries that wouldn't normally shut a guy down for. Uh, when teams are bad, they shut these players down and. Man, you know, I think Golden Tate returns this week. Um, he's been dealing with a concussion. Uh, Ingram has been practicing, so there's a chance that he plays. But, man, they're going to be super cautious with him because he's part of their future. And, again, uh, foot injuries aren't to be trifled with. So um, I think he's – it's looking like he could play, but he'd be, a hard, he'd be hard to trust because who knows how much they're going to actually let him get out there. Yeah, um, I, I probably wouldn't be playing him either way, especially because you have those three other pass catchers, Saquon, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard. So yeah, it's it's definitely uh, like like Ethan said, it probably he probably doesn't play. Even if he does, I'm not I'm not touching him. Uh, what do you think about Eli Manning playing this week? Because it it's oh, yeah, pretty I clear that Daniel, Daniel Jones Jones, Daniel Jones is going to be hurt. Is hurt and he is does not going to look like he's going to be practicing. He's not practicing this week. Doesn't look like he's playing either. Um, I I did say Daniel Jones. I I'm an idiot. I apologize to all our listeners. It's okay. Um, we forgive you. I mean QB two. I the weakness of theirs of the Eagles is their secondary. Um, they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Uh, just last week, they allowed Devontae Parker 159 yards and two touchdowns um, to quarterbacks a little better um, middle of the road. But, I mean, as a QB, two, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't think I hate it either. I worry about just yardage. I don't know how much yardage he's going to put because he doesn't he doesn't test people down the field, which is is a benefit to a bad uh, cornerback secondary you're not going to give up huge plays I don't expect them to give up a ton of huge plays I do think it is good for your you know this offense I think Saquon Barkley could have a ton of targets a ton of catches in a PPR league um, I think Golden Tate and and Shepard could could also see a ton of work especially if Ingram doesn't play so um, you know he's going to be dumping it all off all over the place and maybe Eli has you know maybe he's he wants to play another year and this is kind of his audition and he wants to start slinging it around. You know, I, I think that it could be a deceptively good QB two week for him. So um, I, I'd say worth, worth at least considering as a QB two and a super flex. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, here's a, I, I feel is a relevant question. I mean, I don't think you can sit Saquon, but 
the the strength of the Philadelphia Eagles defense is against the run. Um, and Saquon has definitely had a tough road, and I don't know if he's actually healthy. Yeah, that's that's the only question. I mean, again, when you got a bad team like this, you're gonna see some players sitting that would normally not sit. I don't expect that to be the case with Barkley. Um, it looks like he's, you know, it, it looks like he should suit up. Um, kind of a disappointing year for Barkley, just because the, I think the injury is bothering him a lot more um, than people are giving giving it credit for. Uh, high ankle sprains, even when you're a superstar, even when you return much quicker than I would expect, um, it's still going to affect you going into the season. Now, last week uh, again, bounce back game for him. Uh, you know, 83 yards on the ground, three catches, but he had seven targets for 32 yards. So. I'm not worried about Barkley personally, um, unless they for sure shut him down. And looking at his their next matchup, they get Miami next week. And if they decide to shut this, you know, shut some of these guys down before Miami, there's going to be a lot of fantasy teams that are going to be upset. All right. Um, and then I, I, I we don't necessarily have to talk about the Eagles too much. I do like Alshon this week. Um, I do like Wentz this week. Uh, Miles Jordan, Sanders. Yeah, as Jordan Jordan Howard doesn't look like he's playing, so Miles Sanders. Yeah. Is Did they put they didn't put Howard on IR yet, have they? I don't believe so. So yeah, I would still say I, I don't expect him to play. So Miles uh, Sanders, obviously Zach Ertz, and then what do you think about Dallas Goddard? I like Goddard. Um, Ertz did. I said earlier in this podcast that Ertz didn't play. He was hurt all week. It didn't look like he was going to play. He did end up playing. Um, I think Goddard again, tied in so bad and they use both of them. Um, there's not very many tight ends around the league that are getting the target share that he's getting. So yeah, I think, I think Goddard is startable. And I, I'm not trusting Aguilar. That dude's got hands of stone. Uh, and I think that's about the only one that I'm really sitting this week. Um, I mean, Matt Collins is there, but I don't think you ever really debating starting him. So um, with that, we are finally through. Sorry this took forever, but we, <laughs> nobody's on by. Nobody's on by, so we had an entire um, – We went injuries. We did questions. We did everything. So, the yeah, hopefully this was helpful. Sorry we lost James in the middle there, but I appreciate him being on, as, as I'm sure you guys do too. Thank you, Ethan, for being with us, talking injuries, Absolutely. talking starts and sits. Uh, follow the show at uh, Superflex Show on Twitter. Follow me at FF Stompy. Follow Ethan at EturnerFF underscore PT. Follow James Catullus at underscore James the Brain. Uh, also, subscribe to the dlf family of podcasts a lot of fantastic podcasts out there uh fun ones as well the the i can't dgn the dynasty game night with uh outhouse and um john bosch and matt um and i just forgot matt's last name <laughs> but uh go subscribe to that go subscribe to us on on wherever you listen to your podcasts uh don't forget to rate and review. It helps us get out to the masses, helps us help more people out, help us help you. 
And uh, I guess we can't we can't sign off without saying, as always, stay sexy and super flexy. Good luck in week 14. Again.